Diablo 4's endgame details have released. We have more information now from an official video that was debuted on the Diablo channel, and everybody hates it. Everybody is sort of hating on the Diablo 4 endgame details, and I am very confused about this. I've got a bunch of rundown for you in this video about why I think it's diverse, why I think people are sort of jumping to conclusions with respect to the fact that we've seen one area We've only played up to level 25, and we have a very brief sort of six-minute video right here where they're largely just sort of talking through the endgame. So I'm going to put all the good information right here at the beginning of the video. That way that you don't have to go looking for it. These are longer videos because they are live streams. Make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my content. Will the Diablo 4 endgame have enough for you to do, and will it last? Many people responding negatively to the Diablo 4 endgame video that they debuted on their channel, and the question on my mind and many other players after the beta has been, is there going to be enough to do? The devs have already responded to a number of questions and concerns in the two live streams that we've been doing about this. We've been consistently getting those questions from people and I've addressed that in pra- in past live streams about that. They actually have another stream as well planned for April 20th specifically about the endgame, but I want to focus on the new details from the official Diablo 4 endgame video that they released just yesterday on April the 5th and major themes are sort of emerging in the video that I want to walk through first. When can you access world tiers, nightmare dungeons? How does all of that work? Second, the Paragon system. Is this an answer to people who have felt that the game has too much loot-based power? Is the Paragon system too simplistic or too complex? Third, how will Helltides work? What are Helltides? What is going on with that? And fourth, there is a Whispers of the Dead bounty system in the game that I'll give you the details on. And lastly, the Fields of Hatred has more details and it sounds ripe for griefing, rage, and well, hatred. They've named that appropriately. So my flyover conclusion after hearing all of this about the end game is that it sounds pretty big it sounds built to last and yet we're seeing at least i am nothing but negativity and hate towards diablo 4's endgame so i just want to look first look at the world tiers and the nightmare dungeons according to this video how exactly is it going to work well after you finish the campaign you will gain access to a capstone dungeon and once you finish this capstone dungeon you will gain access to the first world tier like basically beyond the one that you're sort of on by default as far as i can tell you're on adventurer that is designed for levels 1 through 50 world tier 2 is veteran and that is also for levels 1 through 50 but it's going to give you 20 more experience 20 percent more experience and 15 percent more gold and then there is world tiers 3 and 4 above that and if you want to have access to those you have to do more capstone dungeons for example tier 3 you need to complete the campaign but you also need to do the cathedral of light capstone dungeon on tier 2 and then for tier 4 you need to do the fallen temple capstone dungeon on tier 3 so every time you go up in a world tier difficulty there's going to be a capstone that you have to beat at that difficulty tier to go up to the next one this sounds sort of like you know the front steps of the end game the people that really want to go out and explore 
and do all the various things on those harder tiers. You're going to want to do those capstones. You're going to want to get to those higher tiers. The hardcore players do not want to stay at tier one or two. They're going to want to continue to move up. When you do move up your world tier, it's going to make things harder. Uh, you got to target those capstone dungeons. You're going to be getting better loot. Now, I honestly feel like a lot of the more casual players are going to spend a good portion of their time just unlocking world tiers and leveling. They'll likely spend a good portion of their time just sort of hanging out in that hemisphere of the game, right? They're just going to be kind of hanging out, doing those things, and not really caring about all of these other extra things. Now, once you hit level 50, you unlock the Paragon Boards. And I think the Paragon Boards could be the answer to a debate that I had recently with one of our community members about this, saying that, like, listen, there's just too much focus on loot. I'm going to address some of that in this section of this video. This is what they have said about the Paragon Boards. Quote, A lot of the choices the players will make are ground on skills themselves, and the Paragon Board is the place where you allow to have more depth and a lot more customization and many more options as you go. Now, this may be the answer to the debate that I had the other day with Wheezy. He's been playing last Epoch, uh, and then I've even seen some tweets from, oh no, it's Alex, about how he doesn't think the endgame looks very good. He thinks the Paragon boards look too simplistic. He said something like, Paragon board is basic and really does nothing as enemies level with you. I'm not sure we can come to that conclusion yet, but I will say this. The Paragon boards look to add a lot of that depth and that skill assessment that you're going to want to add to your character somebody sort of speculated as well in a video that there are these legendary aspects to it and they said that you would be able to get five legendary nodes per character with the paragon boards that's roughly equal to five legendary aspects extra almost like extra gear so that's going to be another way for you to add power to your character now some are unhappy about the movement to loot based power and ability based power rather than builds where you go through a skill tree and you create a build and that's where your power comes from my pushback on that is that loot is more psychologically powerful and motivating and honestly either way you shake it the devs are still the ones determining where the power is right oh well they're just going to make a meta build or they're just going to make this loot and that's what you got to go get and that's where all of your power comes from right well if they create skill trees and they know that's where all the power comes from and there'll be meta builds They're still creating the power. You're just kind of doing it in a menu. You get to a certain level. You check all the right boxes and all the right nodes. Now, generally, those types of builds, you go and get legendaries. You go and get the best in slot gear to almost capstone your build. But primarily, your power is coming from your build. So in my mind, that's not much different than creating loot-based builds, and they achieve the same thing. The difference is one is rooted in gameplay and player incentivization. The other is rooted in build guides that you're going to find on Reddit or a YouTube video. And yes, there will be perfect loot serving as capstones to god-tier builds, but the excitement pendulum, I think, swings harder toward loot-based power. And as long as the game is generous, the system works, right? If you're getting constant drops, you're not going to feel like you can't get the loot that everybody wants or the loot that everybody's saying is really, really good. Especially if Paragon is an undercurrent of building 
tweaking and customizing your character. So a god tier build will be more of a slow molding and shaping rather than just checking the right skill tree boxes. You'll have to be trying to do this with your paragon boards. In other words, the paragon board may serve as a balancing pillar to keep the game from being too lopsided and loot focused, right? Like, well, that's all the power is. It's all loot. Well, you're going to have to craft and go through menus like this and try and get those legendary levels and get those legendary uh, aspects to increase your power. I think that's something that people need to consider, right? Is that you still have the ability to craft the build. This isn't just a purely loot-based game. A god-tier build is going to be possible, but you're going to have to combine that with chasing loot as well as the Paragon boards. If I'm going to pull for a game like Diablo to lean in one direction, I'm going to have it lean towards loot-based power, right? This is definitely my preference, and it's likely a more commonly shared preference among players. And I think that's what Diablo 4 is shooting for. Broad audience requires broad appeal, right? Needing Reddit and YouTubers for the best build guides is not as appealing, I don't think, as loot-based power. And yes, that will still lead to guides, and the natural trajectory will be for people to do that, but there's also an internal natural trajectory where the end game is going to be leading players to stronger loot. They're not going to feel like they have to check the right boxes to be powerful. They're going to be like, I got to find good loot to be powerful. I don't think that requires a lot of build guide sophistication unless you're min-maxing and then those players are going to be on Reddit and YouTube. Anyway, they moved on to also talk about Nightmare Dungeons. We already know pretty much how Nightmare Dungeons work, so just a quick recap. You'll find Nightmare Sigils while exploring the world. This is a great way to keep the open world relevant. I've said this many times. Like, you don't want the open world to shrink down in relevancy and not suddenly matter. I see a ton of people that seem unhappy about the fact that they're going to have to continue spending time in the open world. Like, I guess you just want to shrink the game down into one grind, one activity you'd probably complain about that anyway oh there's only one thing to do right you actually are going to be out in the world doing all these activities in order to find sigils as well as some of the other things we're going to talk about in in a moment it also protects people from i think just saying let's find the fastest dungeon and just run it over and over and over again you will get a sigil that will tell you which dungeon to go and play and then while grinding that dungeon you can even get another more powerful sigil for a different dungeon creating almost sort of like a daisy chain of like you're going from one thing to the next instead of just staying in one place creating an interlaced end game experience that's more dynamic is i think a very very good strategy instead of just having some static activity grind the nightmare dungeons will be heavily modified existing dungeons there's over 120 i originally thought the number was 150 but now they're saying over 120 i don't know if maybe wires got crossed in the community or the marketing but that's still a lot of dungeons they said that the reasons the dungeons felt kind of similar and samey in the opening area is because those are baseline versions of the dungeons. They want them to retain a certain level of identity so that when you come back to do them later as a nightmare dungeon, you'll kind of recognize them, but they will be much harder and significantly modified. This is one of the many endgame grinds for powerful endgame loot, and it's a self 
self-containing question of why would I grind and power up? Well, it's a spiral staircase, right? You're grinding up and you're gearing up to go up into the harder difficulties, into the harder nightmare dungeons and obviously increasing world tier. Then they talked about hell tides and I think the hell tides sound like a great way to again keep the open world relevant along with other events that are happening in the open world spaces GameSpot had a good summary of Helltides Helltides will see a certain section of the map consumed by a hellish storm where the sky turns red and the rivers run with blood enemies in this area will be more powerful as a result and defeating them will grant shards that can be turned in for big rewards this is another creative avenue for keeping players engaged in the open world with the ability to fast travel games like this can shrink as you play right you go and explore the entire world and then you get to the end game and you don't need to do that anymore you can just fast travel run the loop fast travel run the loop and then that's all you are doing having things like hell tides having things like world bosses they sh- i believe they showed a new world boss here in this uh, little sequence here they're, they're having those things in the open world spaces and having those things that are still relevant to you so you're out there looking for a sigil you're going into a hell tide you're looking for a world boss that keeps the entire game relevant which is a huge flaw in many many ongoing live service games as the whole world shrinks down into two or three relevant things that you do and nothing else matters you just kind of hop from location to location you never really traverse the vast open areas that were crafted and made that you enjoyed in your first playthrough and then it's a long forgotten thing later on world bosses nightmare sigils hell tides give you a great reason to grind explore fight and you know it's all in the end game given that this sounds somewhat random i think it'll prevent people from saying oh this is the fastest hell tide over here people tend to optimize the fun out of their games while it is good to have emergent and dynamic events and discoveries like this in the open world some structure is also helpful so there is a bounty system they talked about the whispers the tree of whispers It's going to give you bounties to do in the open world. Once completed, you return to the tree for potentially big rewards. Now, this adds more contained structure and more of a micro grind that some people might enjoy. They might not enjoy just sort of randomly wandering around the world looking for a sigil or a world boss or a helltide. They might say, look, I want a little bit more structure to my grind. But this again keeps the open world relevant. That's a theme throughout this video that I really want to drive home. This is something that I think they're doing a good job with. They're keeping the open world relevant. I tend to use systems like this and like an additive grind. You know, oh, I'm going to go do this. Let me grab some bounties. Oh, I'm going to go do this thing. Let me grab some bounties before I go rather than just sort of grind the bounties in and of itself, right? But I think this is perfect for folks who prefer a more contained micro grind and they want a clear beginning, middle, and end and not this sort of nebulous thing that could take an hour or could take two. And that brings us to our final end game activity, griefing. No, I'm kidding, not griefing, it's PvP, but it's going to be Grief Central, okay? The Fields of Hatred is the PvP location and activity, and it's ripe for frustration. It is aptly named, because you are going to hate this place after a while, I imagine. I think they chose the perfect name for it. So, what will you do in this area? In the Fields of Hatred, it's Diablo 4's endgame PvP zone, where players will battle it out and collect and then cleanse 
shards that can then be used to acquire and gain gear. That sounds pretty simple, right? Wrong. You needing to cleanse and extract these shards will not be an easy task. Other players are going to be looking to kill you when you try to do this, and the game alerts them that somebody's trying to cleanse and extract. So they're basically creating a dark zone extraction mode, if you remember the division, right? They're creating that uh, inside of this, or like when you try to extract and like whatever it was, plunder uh, in, in Warzone. So if you're trying to get out and you're trying to get your stuff, uh, everybody's going to come and try and kill you, okay? And I think players will love it and hate it equally. I, for one, will likely never set foot in the fields of hatred. I think that's a great thing about Diablo 4's endgame is they've clearly thought about keeping the open world relevant while also offering a lot of variety of activities and paths to endgame loot. And according to their video, launch is just the beginning. They want to, quote, create a living, breathing set of updates after the game has gone live. They'll be doing a stream on April 20th to elaborate more on the end game, but for now, I think we can say they're just getting started. And I, for one, am excited to jump in. Let me give you my thoughts and my conclusions, right? The Diablo 4 endgame is clearly focused on getting capital out of everything that they create, 120 plus dungeons, and the game benefiting from everything that they learn from the Diablo 3 rifts, and the open world's going to be kept relevant by sigils, world events, bounties, PvP, helltides, world bosses, and everybody still hates it. Like, the, the, the people that are looking at this and already hating on it and are already drawing conclusions about the Paragon boards... I'm not really sure what they were expecting because we've already seen glimpses and screenshots and had info about all of this. I don't know if they thought maybe there was going to be some insane bomb drop of depth once they started talking about the endgame because outside of the Helltide, I didn't say anything in the last 17 minutes that's really new information. And yet everybody's acting as this is incredibly disappointing. And I don't get it, right? I don't understand it. As far as I can tell, they are really, really attacking the two primary problems with end game content in live service games. Number one, keeping most of the game relevant instead of making most of the game irrelevant. And the other thing they're doing is there's tons of variety. You don't have to do the same thing over and over and over again, right? That's my second point. They're not just focused on keeping the world and the content relevant. They're focused on variety. This feels like the second pillar of support to their end game philosophy. Providing a variety of activities for players is going to keep them from sort of wandering off into some hardcore game where only people that really understand it or only people that really want to run raids or whatever are running the end game content. This should... Capture a broad spectrum of players who will continue playing the game. And I think that's the divide. I think that's the problem. Is that people are looking at Diablo 4 and they wanted a Path of Exile. Or they wanted a an EverQuest or something that was insanely deep and insanely robust. And I kept saying that I felt like this game was an MMO in disguise. And I still feel it very much is setting its sights on being an ARPG MMO, like it's just an online ARPG to many people, but I do think there's lots of elements of MMO baked into Diablo 4, but it does seem that people wanted a game that would have less broad appeal maybe, and be more extreme, more hardcore, more min-maxing, more in-depth, you know, pulling out a spreadsheet to build a, you know, a build or a skill tree 
in Path of Exile, that's just not going to fly with the general gaming public. So let me give you my conclusion. I have a lot of confidence in Diablo 4's endgame because they're focusing on two key aspects of ongoing content and engagement. These are two things I've talked about significantly in other live service games. So many other games flatten out their game's content and endgame loop into here's two things to do and that's it. Making a small percentage of activities or just one activity the most lucrative tends to burn people out. And within that system of maintained relevance, where they're making sure every aspect of Diablo 4 maintains its relevance, I think they're also within that system offering variety. So for now, we can say that we don't truly know until the game comes out. There's people hating on it. There's people like me that think it looks pretty good. But from where I sit, they've built the right structures and they've laid the right foundation to have an endgame that will last for years to come. And that is... The show open. Thank you guys so much for being here. Make sure you are smashing the like button. Those of you that are watching over on Kick, thank you for doing that. We got 17 people hanging out on Kick. I don't know if I don't know what's going on with Diablo, but everybody is angry. Everybody's upset. I I thought we were going to have people kind of knocking down the door this morning and there was way less people hanging out and waiting for this. I don't know what happened. I don't know if people are burned out. I don't know if people are bored. But man, oh man, people's attitude toward this game seems to have shifted very very quickly and I can't quite figure it out I'm like what is going on like I'm looking at the comments on this this video on the on the on the video for Diablo 4's endgame I'm like why is everybody being so angry and mad and calling it bad like I don't understand None of what they put in this video was new information I almost didn't even want to do this show I was like we're, we're not saying anything new and everybody's mad. Like, I think it all looks great. I think there's lots of depth. I think they're keeping the world relevant. I think they're keeping the activities relevant. I'm just kind of meh after seeing that. But that's what I don't understand. They just put together a promotional video outlining everything we already knew. That's what I don't get. So people are like, yeah, man, did you hear about Nightmare Dungeons? Did you hear about Fields of Hatred? Did you hear about the, the aspects? Did you hear about the how this is going to work and how that's going to work? Yeah, man. And then we get through the beta. We get on the other end of the beta, and everyone's like, yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's going to be boring. Like, You played 25 levels. You, you played the first act. You, you played the first area. What are you talking about? I, I can't imagine playing any game and, and playing 20% of it and being like, yeah, man, I don't know. I think it's going to get really boring. You, Yeah, running in circles in the first 20% of the game, I would imagine, would get boring. What, what about the rest of the game? What about all the other things? People are jumping to conclusions. Guys, don't forget, we're doing a massive sale on the coffee. The Frickmas blend has been marked down to $12.95. Let's get our little goals up here. We had a massive day yesterday with the YouTube goal versus the kick goal. And members, you get another discount on the coffee, but you got to be in the Discord. There's a buy two, get one free on the light roast and the Frickmas blend. And I believe we are out of the dark roast. It's on its way to us in, you know, a matter of weeks, I believe. John always with 19 months of membership. Speaking of robust experience made to last, gift yourself a membership. Thank you so much, John always. Smashville doing the same thing, renewing his membership 23 months, and it's a VIP plus. Almost two years 
doesn't seem that long. Keep it up, my man. Thank you so much, Smashville. I trust 100% on the end game, says Veter. God says, honestly, it's probably a bunch of people who weren't going to play anyway. They just want something to complain about. Gaming's turning into a pretty toxic space. But I don't think that's the case at all. I think people legitimately are looking at this and they're saying, yeah, it doesn't look good. And I'm like, I, I don't understand. I don't understand where this has come from. I really, truly don't. Need to create Reforge IPAs? Yeah, I'm not getting into that. I gotta deal with the FDA if they do that. Listen, I mean, listen to what Alex said. I, I Cause I told Alex, oh no, it's Alex. He and I are, you know, we're, we're, we're becoming friends. We're becoming buddies. You know, we're gonna hold hands one day and walk on the beach. Like This guy says in a tweet, he says, Nightmare dungeons are mythic wild dungeons. Daily bounties are wild daily quests. Helltide events are interesting. PvP is just one-shot mechanics. Paragon board is basic and really does nothing as enemies level with you. So again, I'm like, how do we know any of this? Like from a from a six minute video where they give you basically a snapshot description of the activities. Quintar wants to kick things off with five gifted members. Thank you so much, Quintar. Every 25 members, I have to give five. YouTube's kicking off the day. No offense, kick, but YouTube is kicking off the day. Thank you, Quintar. It went to Mike. It went to Claudio. It went to Retorgi. It went to Cody and Ghostwood. You guys have all been gifted members. Thank you guys so much for being here. Everyone was excited after the beta. They released a video with no new news and everyone hates it now. Please explain. That's exactly why I'm confused. I don't understand. I don't understand. Even this morning, I looked at our turnout and I'm like, does nobody freaking care about this game all of a sudden? Like, two weeks ago, Two weeks ago, if I talked Diablo, man, everybody was beating the door down. We'd have tons of people waiting for the show. Today, I was like, what? Did we make a mistake? Is YouTube breaking? Where is everybody? Like a fraction, a fraction of the typical turnout for a Diablo stream. I'm like, what? And then I go to this video and I start reading the comments and I'm like, why is everybody all of a sudden negative about Diablo 4? What? That's what I'm confused about. What did people expect? Like... In an age where we get really, really overhyped bad marketing, we finally get a game that comes out and is like, here's everything. Here's the details. Here's here's exactly what Nightmare Dungeons are. Here's how Nightmare Dungeons are going to work. Here's how this is going to work. Here's here's a boss fight. Uh, here, here's a world boss fight. Here's how PvP is going to work. Here's how this is going to work. Here's the Paragon board. And everyone's like, oh, that's I can't wait for Diablo, man. Diablo 4 is going to be awesome. And then they dive into the beta and they play 25 levels and they're like, nah, nah, I don't know. Beta made me pretty confident in not pre-ordering. Yeah, but why? I don't understand. It's everything that we were promised. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, yeah, man. It's it, it, And then they showed us gameplay. Like, the, the gameplay lined up with what they showed us, right? They, they, they showed us Diablo 4 gameplay. They said, you know, this is what it's going to look like. This is how it's going to be. And then everybody goes and plays it. And I guess because it wasn't... I, I don't know. Otherworldly? Was it supposed to usher you up in some euphoric state? It's an ARPG. Like, it's an isometric ARPG. There's only so much you can do within that realm in general. I'm inclined to view Endgame Grinds as maybe the most boring thing in gaming, but I also, for a fact, 
I also know for a fact that I did some of that in late Horizon Zero Dawn and Fallout 4, hoping for good RNG drops. If the game's content loop hooks you, you're generally going to want to do those endgame grinds. You are. Apparently, a lot has come from endgame closed beta, where people stated that systems felt shallow and empty and that feeling had nothing had uh, that nothing had changed, creating an echo chamber. Right, but the endgame beta is months ago. It's months ago. This we don't have any new information right now. I've not seen a single video from everybody that's anybody that's like, "Oh, I played the updated Diablo 4 Endgame and it's bad." I, I'm not. I'm not seeing that. They released a six-minute video and everyone's calling it garbage. And I'm like, "I what? And what? What just happened? What? We were all excited. Everybody was excited. The biggest negatives that I saw coming out of the beta was that like the Druid and the Barbarian were bad, and that they needed to be addressed." And then, then people started complaining about the dungeons feeling similar and samey. And I'm like, okay, that, that's that's what's going to happen in the game when you repeat an activity. I think that's the thing. As much as people hate on hype marketing, it draws eyes and reactions. Otherwise, you're lost in the noise. Shallow compared to what? LOL, PoE? That's what I mean. I don't understand what's so shallow here. You got five different characters that launch. You've got, as far as I can tell... There's four world tiers. I don't know if they're going to go higher than the four world tiers. I'm, I'm imagining there's got to be more beyond just the four. If you know, for, for a Diablo game to be Diablo, right? I haven't played an ARPG in 18 years. It was D2. I think people have rose-colored glasses. Weezy says, I haven't been reading all the news up until now. I've been posting them, uh, but not reading for the most part. So playing was kind of eh. I had my gripes that I stated. Mainly the skill tree is shallow. I'm psyched for Diablo 4, says Lauren. I see no issues. Get 70 hours or more of gameplay out of it. A dollar per hour of good entertainment or better sounds like a great deal to me. Yeah, but I mean, if you get 70 hours, like that, 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 you're not even going and playing the seasons. You're not even playing the ongoing content. If you're doing that, you're probably just doing like multiple playthroughs with each character and then you're walking away from the game. That's kind of, I mean, not a lot of people are going to play, I don't think in that way. Well, I mean, actually, there probably is a pretty good mix of people that would do that. Uh. Uh. Diablo 2 is still holding up. People want the game to be vast as games have been out for years. Jeesh, have patience. I think that's where I land on this. I'm like, dude, Diablo 4 Endgame is already has a broad foundation for them to build on for years to come like I can't I can't really put this into words but I'm gonna try this is what I think happens okay this is what I think happens I think people envision an experience that a game simply can't deliver and I'm gonna try to make a comparison to whenever I'm playing a game and or actually i'm gonna make another comparison it's like when you're reading a book and you know things are going to get really really good but you've got to kind of get there right you've got to read the earlier chapters you got to read through and plow through the earlier character development i believe we're seeing the death of enjoyment of the process Nobody wants the process. Everybody wants that 
dopamine hit. That's all they want. They don't want the process. We saw this when people criticized shows recently, right? There were really good TV shows that were being praised and had high viewership, and everyone's like, it's slow. It's taking too long. It's boring, right? I saw that with, you know, Punisher Season 1. We saw this with Andor. I saw people saying that about Last of Us. It was like, oh, it's just too slow. Okay, we have completely lost touch with the art of the journey, with the art of the process. It's all about no. I I just I need that dopamine hit, man. I I need I need it to be exciting. I need it to be awesome. And I think people want that from a game like Diablo. They just want to immediately get to, oh yeah, I need to be able to create a massive build. I need to have all these different complexities of skills. I need to be able to craft this guy. I need to be able to comb over a spreadsheet. I need to be able to crunch these numbers. And it's like, the game's not even out yet. Like, the, the, the game, the game's not even out yet. Play 100 hours and it gets good. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you need to play 100 hours and it gets good. I'm saying... We've lost the ability to enjoy the journey. Like, like leveling up and seeing the colors of the items change and that new car smell that a game has. Nobody wants that anymore. Nobody wants that. Think about what we're talking about. We're talking about one of the most anticipated games in a franchise's history. We're finally going to get Diablo 4. And what is everybody belly aching about? The end game looks lame. Oh, okay, how do you know that? Well, I'm not going to be able to do all these things that I envisioned I would be able to do even though the developers never promised me that I could do it. I still had that ideal in my mind. And because I can't do that, this game looks bad. They've outlined everything in this video has been outlined for months. I mean months. I almost didn't do this show because I felt like I'm not going to say anything new. I'm literally going to read through stuff that I've already read through. Everybody's read through. There's a video on every YouTube channel that has ever talked about Diablo, about Nightmare Dungeons, about Sigils, about legendary affixes. There's entire videos about the PvP system, right? There's entire videos about the Paragon board system. There's this is None of this is new information. It's not new information, but people have already decided, well, I had an ideal in my mind that's not being met. The ideal, it wasn't set by the developers. It's just an ideal that I came up with and they're not hitting it. So it's a bad game. It's going to be lame. It's going to be boring. It's going to be flat. It's going to be whatever. Five characters, 120 dungeons, a vast open world, an entire system of maintaining relevancy of all the content that you play in the early, mid, and late game. All that stuff still matters once you cross over into the end game. You got multiple world tiers. You got all kinds of different combinations of builds you could come up with. You can chase legendary, actual like five legendaries, I believe, is the maximum you can get from a Paragon board that'll basically be like adding five legendary affixes to your build. And everyone's like, that's not enough like what What? what's the max number of legendary affixes you can have on an individual item isn't it like 4 or 5 how many items can you equip multiply the number of items you can equip by the number of potential affixes on each individual item and when you take those millions of permutations of different builds then add in 5 more quasi legendary affixes from the paragon board and tell me it's not deep enough what? 
the ideal's been here, bro. There's tons of other games in this genre that show you how to make an interesting endgame. You can ignore it all you want. What am I ignoring? What games are crushing the endgame right now? You think Path of Exile has massive consumer reach and potential? If it does, why isn't it doing that? You, you think Path of, Path of Exile would would do well with a with a multi-platform console PC launch? I don't think it would. It would crash and burn. Nobody would play that game longer than... They'd watch one video of a guy getting a headache trying to add up all the different skills in his skill build that he's trying to make a video on. They'd be like, I ain't freaking playing this game. Like, outside of Path of Exile, what game are you talking about? Because that's the one I know everybody runs to. They're like, well, yeah, Path of Exile, Path of Exile, Path of Exile. Listen, within this game genre, you gotta have room for differences. A $2 tip from Scott Woodford. This sounds like wrestling fans complaining. Eugene says franchise fatigue. I don't think it's franchise fatigue anymore. No. I think it's video game fatigue. I think it's entertainment fatigue. We've overstuffed our brains. We've overstuffed our senses. We binge watch shows. So the minute a show is slow and does character development, we're like, what the frick? Get to the point. Right? Like, the minute a show is slow and wants to build character and, like, establish what this person's doing, what that person's doing, what's their backstory, why do they care, people lose their dadgum minds. They're like, let get to the point. It's the same thing in video games now. It's like nobody wants to enjoy the journey. Nobody wants to enjoy the journey. Has anybody asked about the campaign? Has anybody asked about the story? Has anybody asked about the play length of like, oh, how long is it going to take me one player to get to max level? No. Yeah, they're talking to Riker on the 20th. Good for him, by the way. Riker's going to get to join them on the live stream on April the 20th. We will definitely uh, be checking that out. Can we get 200 likes on the video? There's over 400 people here. We're picking up a little bit of steam. I'm telling you, I looked at the stream this morning, and I was like, where is everybody? everybody, Has everybody written this game off? I was like, what happened? Everybody's angry that we have a video that says into the end game, and it's a brief summary of stuff that we've known for months? I, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, stop wasting my time. I have other games and shows to get to. Bingo. Entertainment fatigue. I was floored when I heard people listen and watch stuff at one t- 1.5 speed just to keep up on everything. I mean, I listen to YouTube videos and stuff at 1.5 because, like, in the mornings, I'm trying to do is like the, the fastest research that I can, right? The beta was fire. Hey, if you guys are watching on the Tickety Talk and you're like, man, he doesn't really look over here all that often, it's really tough for me. If you want to watch on Kick or you want to watch on YouTube, you can use the link on my profile to get there. We've entered the age of speedrunning. It's because people hoped to see something that wasn't announced yet. Okay, that's their own fault. That's their own fault. Nobody this morning, I haven't seen a single person do this in the comments or on Twitter or in this chat. Nobody has established that Blizzard set an expectation that they didn't meet. Well, I I thought they were just going to pull out something crazy. You know, there's going to be an Act 6 and a whole nother activity or there's going to be a whole nother skill tree. Okay, okay, you thought they were going to announce more than than what they announced who plays Diablo for the campaign a ton of people are going to play Diablo for the campaign have you ever watched any of Blizzard's cinematics they're some of the best in gaming 
Do you honestly think that the fan loyals to Diablo are going to finally download a brand new one where they have like movie level cinematics and everyone's going to be like, yeah, F the campaign. Are you kidding me? Do you know how many people are going to download this game? They're going to install this game and they're going to play the campaign and then they're never coming back. There's actually a ton of people that are going to do that. They're quite literally not going to endgame grind. They're not going to seasonal character grind. They're just going to get Diablo and play through one, maybe two characters and and enjoy the campaign. A ton of people are going to do that. This is Diablo 3 all over again. The game will be dead within four weeks. Mark this comment. Yeah, no, I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with that at all. This game is launching on PC and console simultaneously for the first time in Diablo's history. And they have built the endgame to last. They've built it to last. The whole game is relevant in the endgame. Look at all the classic mistakes. So the classic mistakes with, like, let's just look at Diablo 3. The mistake with Diablo 3 was you just lived in the rifts. That's it. The little bounties and things you could do were basically like fast travel here, kill a boss, and come back, right? So you basically lived in rifts, right? You don't have to agree, just mark it. I, 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 don't, I don't mark stupid comments that are based on nothing but negativity. There's no substance to your argumentation. There's no evidence. There's no market research. There's nothing other than it looks bad. It's going to be dead in four weeks. You're just another negative Nancy on the internet that thinks you're some kind of a prophet decrying the death of a game before it even comes out, right? The second most commercially successful game this year, Diablo 4, is going to be dead in a month. Don't make me laugh. So if you look at Diablo 3 and you look at its shortcomings as an endgame, they virtually answered every single one of those problems in Diablo 4, right? In Diablo 4, it's you've got 120 dungeons that are procedurally generated in random. And on top of that, you can't just grind your favorite one. You can't just grind the fastest one. You will get a sigil that'll make you go to one, and it'll be modified. It'll be significantly harder. It'll be challenging, right? And it'll drop, like, you know, stronger sigils potentially, and then you can go and do other, you know, other ones for more endgame loot, right? Not only that... You go into Helltides, same thing, random, keeping the open world relevant, you go into these open world spaces, there's really hard fights, uh, they're, they're actually showing it off right here, hang on, let me, I was having a hard time going back in the video, because uh, I was in my Word document. So, you know, you go into areas like this, you go into the Helltides, and you're going to fight these really hard enemies, it's going to be, it's going to feel like emergent and dynamic and kind of, you know, and kind of random, right? Oh, and you get these awesome gear, gear pieces. So, now, again, you're keeping the open world relevant, you're either in the open world getting sigils, you're in the open world fighting a Helltide, you're in the open world fighting a, uh, a world boss, or you're in the open world doing bounties for the tree. Now, that is vastly different. That's quite literally an answer to one of the primary criticisms of ongoing live service games. Because now you're saying, oh, good luck with the live service with no content. Again, presumption based not in the facts, not in the reality of the game, and not in anything that they've outlined. Like, the fact that this game has taken one of the primary weaknesses in live service games and said, yeah, we're not doing that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that thing where you play. This is what people typically do. 
they rush through the game. They're like, I just got to get to the end game, right? It's like that 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 X Men movie where he's got his goggles on and he's like, he's like running so fast. They just boom run through the game as fast as they can, and then they get to the end game, and the developers like, welcome to the end game. The end game consists of this or PvP, and you're like, what? So, so yeah, yeah, you can run these six. Uh, raids, these six expeditions. That's it. Yeah. The rest of the world doesn't matter anymore. Exploring, don't need to do it. Running around and killing stuff in the open world, you don't need to do it. Just fast travel here, 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 and here. You got these last little things you can run, and they'll drop the best gear. Sweet. What do I need the best gear for? Oh, nothing. There's nothing past this. Uh, uh, oh. Huh? What? That's it? Yeah, or you can go to PvP. So you can grind these activities over here. Uh, you can run meta build, get meta builds, and then you can go over here and use your meta build in PvP and, and grief people and make everybody want to uninstall the game because everybody's running the same you know, everybody's running the same build. So Diablo 4 walks out and says, none of that's true about our game. There's 120 plus dungeons as you play through the game. They're still relevant in the end game. Oh, and we interlace them, and they're, they're, they're laden with procedural generation, randomization, and an entire system of modification and depth, which is, you know, borrowing some from some of the ideas we've seen in other games. So all those dungeons stay relevant. Not only that, instead of just feeling like, well, I'll just daisy chain around and bounce around and fast travel and just, you know, dungeon, 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 or just like find the fastest dungeon and run it over and over again. Nope, you can't do that in Diablo 4 Endgame. You can't do that. Nope. You've got to get a sigil, and where do you get sigils? Either in the dungeon that you're currently running at a Nightmare Dungeon, or you got to be out in the world doing stuff. And then when you get the sigil, it tells you which nightmare dungeon to go run. So you don't get to determine, oh, this is my favorite one. This is the one that tends to go the fastest. The enemies in here seem to be the easiest. So they're stacking on t- on top of the value of, okay, all the dungeons stay relevant. Not only that, they're protecting the player from just looping through uh, and they just run the same dungeon over and over again and then they're done. That's just dungeons. That's just dungeons. So I just I just gave this big long explanation as to how dungeons are a significant value point to the end game, right? Sigils only from nightmare dungeons? No, no. You can get sigils while you're out in the world as well. So again, that keeps the open world relevant. You're out in the open world, maybe you're running a hellside and a sigil drops. Maybe you're killing a world boss and a sigil drops. Maybe you're running a bounty for the the whispering tree or whatever, the tree of whispers, and a sigil drops. Um, What's happening? No. No. I can't do that right now. I'm in the middle of a show. Are you actually insane right now? You brought the coffee down and a bottle of water or and then I scraped the top. What happened? You used creamer that you don't like? Yeah, yeah. Let's just interrupt the show. My wife messed her coffee up that I made for her this morning. Oh, you're making coffee for somebody else. 
Okay, okay. Now I'm getting preached at. I thought you messed your coffee up again. She keeps trying out new creamers. Okay. Okay. I thought you messed up your coffee again. I was like, are you kidding me? You choose- she brought the coffee grounds down here. Wanted me to like show her how to do the scoops because I make her coffee every morning. What's that movie where he's like, why does my coffee taste so bad? Oh my gosh. What were we talking about? <laughs> this is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh... We were talking about the freaking just shut the show down. I don't even remember what we were talking about. I had a whole plan. I had a freaking book in my brain that was ready, and that was chapter one. Dad gummit. Um Dungeons. So they have taken all of the dungeons and they've said that it's relevant during gameplay it's relevant at the end of gameplay that's just dungeons okay now one of the things that I think people forget one of the things I think people forget is that commonly whenever you're grinding something like that nothing else matters so this is what would probably happen is oh I just need sigils and uh you know Dave Dave Diablo Dave on YouTube said what's up guys got another video for you in this video I'm gonna tell you the best place to get sigils and sigils are in this field and if you kill this guy three times he drops one almost every third time and and then so everybody just does that right Everybody just does that. They go and they just keep killing that enemy to get sigils. And then they stack up their sigils. I don't know. I don't even know if you can do this, by the way. This is actually a good question. Can we grind an area that we've discovered is like good for sigil dropping and just like, I don't know, get 10 sigils? Or can you only have one sigil at a time? I don't, chat might have to help me on this. I don't know if they said anything about this. Okay, anyway. So. A lot of the times that's what you do, right? You like you get into a grind and then that's all that matters. Sigil, 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 sigil. Dungeon, 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 dungeon. And you'll burn yourself out because familiarity breeds contempt. And it's like, I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. Aha! Something that Diablo 4 Endgame should protect you from to a certain degree. It should help with, okay? What it should help with is... While you're out in the open world, grinding for sigils, there are other things happening that could give you really good loot. Helltides, as an example. What this does is that this creates this sort of emergent dynamic experience where, while you're out grinding, there's still things happening. Those magical moments, those little sparks are still happening. So you're out and about, and you're grinding... And, and you're you're trying to get some sigils. And let's say you have one, but then there's a Helltide nearby. And you're like, hey, I'm gonna go do that. So what you're now doing is is you're you're causing you're causing a uh, a, a content loop. It's like a content loop skip. You're like, oh, hang on, I'm gonna go do the dungeon in a minute. I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do this Helltide now. And you do the Helltide, maybe you get something really dope, and then you go back to town, you check it, equip it, whatever. And then you go do your dungeon. Now, the next time you get a sigil and go to do a dungeon, you don't do that. 
So now what's happening is you're interlacing your primary endgame grind with variety. There's just random things happening. Maybe while you're grinding for sigils, you grab some bounties from the tree. And instead of running to do your, your, your dungeon right away, you go to the tree, you turn in some of your bounties, and you get good loot because that's another grind for endgame loot is this, is this tree. And then on top of that, you're leveling. You're getting your paragon. You're experimenting. You're like, okay, I'm going to move this. I'm going to get this legendary aspect. I'm going to get this thing over here. I'm going to try out this build. Then there's the PvP guys. Well, I've got a good build. I've got good gear. Now I'm going to go into the Fields of Hatred. Now I'm going to go to the Fields of Hatred and I'm going to uh, I'm going to I'm going to go do some PvP, right? I'm going to go do some PvP and we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to get some stuff there. Now PvP is going to be grief central. I'm I'm here to tell you. You're you're going to you're going to be getting pretty angry in the Fields of Hatred. I I think that's why they named it that. There ain't no way people are doing Fields of Hatred and not getting really really angry because like you're going to kill something, you're going to get these shards, you got to cleanse them and extract. And while you're trying to cleanse and extract like people are trying to kill you. Jeffrey Richards with 13 months of membership. Why do people hate it so much? It looks and sounds great to me. Just need to do some balancing fixes. Thank you so much. Guys, Thank you so much. Already, we got five gifted members from Quintar. And last month, the Eknor Award, the person who gifted the most members, it went to Casual Grinder. And then instead of him taking the uh, free bag of coffee, he gifted it to somebody in chat. And that's going out today. So thank you so much for being here. Make sure you're pressing the like button. Let's shoot for 300 likes. Appreciate you guys tuning in. After all the coverage, my hype to play has diminished, but I'm still looking forward to the release. Druid is my only interest to play because I can play all the others now in D3 with the same spells. That's just not true. You're literally just saying stuff that isn't true. That You, you can't play right now a sorcerer in Diablo 3 and do the exact same build. Like, that's false. The, the, the barbarian, the, the, that just isn't true. Like, the necro has some similar abilities, but they're totally different with how they work. I was watching a guy play with a, a necro. I played necro in Diablo 3 a bunch. That just simply isn't true. They didn't literally copy-paste the Necro from D3 and the Sorcerer and the Barbarian. That, that's, that's not true. Diablo has never had good PvP. I'm glad they did not fully drop it. Uh, yeah, and the Rogue. Yeah, who's the, who's the Rogue? Can you play as the Rogue in Diablo 3? Insert shameless plug on the coffee deal. Yes, any of you that are members, you can get a code in our Discord. So get in our Discord. You can get a code for buy two, get one free on the coffee. That's for members only. Nightmare Dungeon difficulty scales infinitely as well, so when you're max level, max world tier, you can continue to push your build. Is the loot, though? That's the question, Phantom Phoenix. Just because Nightmare Dungeon difficulty is, like, scaling infinitely, what do you, once you're max level and max world tier, what kind of gear would be dropping, right? What's good, cowboy? Druid is pretty much the only reason I'm still on this game, too. It looks the most fun to me. I mean, I'll be honest with you. That's the same reason I got really excited, like, because Druid's not been around since Diablo 2. Druid was my favorite in Diablo 2. And they obviously need to fix him because he's terrible. I had a guy leave a comment. He's like, well, at level 15, you can go get these things and make it better. I'm like, what in the frick are you talking about? Level 1 through 11 felt terrible. Like, that's not a good introduction to your character. Level 1 through 11 on my Sorcerer felt amazing. Uh, thank you so much for the rose, uh, Guillermo. 
Yes, you can. Fine. I don't want to talk to people like you. Fine. Yeah, you're right. You can make the exact same Necro build, Sorcerer build, and Barbarian build in Diablo 4's Diablo 3. They just copied every skill tree, every ability, every animation. It's exactly the same. You're right. Don't play them then. That's the end of the conversation. I'm not going to have that debate anymore. It's just ignorant. Speaking of coffee, we love it. I've got three bags at home. Uh, That was our second order. Good job. Oh, thank you, Zep. I appreciate that. Diablo is a gaming blind spot for me. Never had any interest. D4 isn't pulling me in either. I hope Diablo fans dig it, though. Well, and that's the thing. If Diablo isn't for you, that's not my concern. I've watched developers have transparency and blogs and videos and info dumps, and they have let everybody know for months... This is what Diablo 4 is going to be. This is what the content loop's going to be like. This is what the Diablo 4 endgame will be. And everybody was excited. Now, I saw people concerned, are we just going to run rifts again? Are we just going to run dungeons again? I think that's a fair concern because that's pretty much all you did in the Diablo 3 seasonal grind, right? You just run rifts, primarily. Like 90%, I think, of what you're doing was just running rifts and greater rifts. So, I think that was a valid concern and question, but up to now, I've not seen people just flat out just hating on the endgame, saying it's going to be terrible. I, I hadn't seen that until they released this video. I'm glad and I hope they stuck to their guns and not completely listened to the hardcore, just like Destiny did and it ruined the game. Like, how I heard about raids and how a lot of the community... Listen, is saying that the devs don't listen to these people and they have content to be blocked that everyone can do. I'm someone who only played main story. I never endgame in Diablo, but D4 is making me so interested in finally playing endgame because you have so much to do. Thank you so much from from you know the vibes over there on Kick. We've got 27 people hanging out and watching. Thanks so much for watching and hanging out. If you want to become a sub over here, click that button. If you want to help us get our daily goal, it's a race between YouTube and Kick. You should be glad you get Diablo 4 at all. Well, I mean, I'm never going to tell people that. Like, if there's problems with the game or if there's legitimate criticisms, you can't be like, well, you're glad, you're just lucky you got a game at all, right? Oh, you're so, you know, that, I don't think that's necessary. There's always going to be similarities. Uh, in a reductionist way, you can say that all these game types are basically the same and just ignore, if you ignore nuance. I love Diablo 1, grew up on Diablo 2, and I've been off and on with Diablo 3, so I have faith this game will be good for me. I'm clearly a fan. Here, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now what's going to happen with Diablo 4. I, I can see the future, because I've been here before. I've covered games like this before, and I know, I'm telling you right now, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know exactly what's going to happen. The forums, and Reddit, and Twitter, and YouTube, probably for the first month, will be full of salt, of people saying, you've casualified Diablo. This is a baby's version of Diablo, right? This is Diablo for babies. And Force Gaming talked about this in his video. He had a video like, and we covered this. It was like, why the hate? It was like, what is going on? Why is everybody hating on the game, right? Everybody was saying that, you know, the game was bad. Not the end game, just that the game was bad. And Force Gaming was like, you know, World of Warcraft went through this. 
He's like, I, you know, I was excited to play. My friends were excited to play. He's like, and then I went online and everybody hated World of Warcraft. Why? Because you had all these hardcore MMO guys that were like, this is not a real MMO. This is not a real game. The same dadgum thing is happening right now. I think Force Gaming was very insightful to make that analogy because I think the same thing is happening right now. In the absence of Diablo 3... In the absence of Diablo 3 really doing much, I think a ton of people went and they started hanging out in Path of Exile. And I think because they started hanging out in Path of Exile, they started to develop an an affinity and an opinion base about what these games, what these types of games should be like. I was a big fan of Part 1, says Cowboy. I'm sad I missed out on playing the beta but I'll game fly it uh, so I can see how I like it nowadays. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good strategy. You know, play it for a week, grind a character, get some loot, and, you know, and see what you think, you know? Can we get 50 more likes on the video? 450 people hanging out. Thanks so much for being here. We appreciate you supporting the channel. Uh, Consider smashing the join button and becoming a member and uh, checking out all of our member perks and benefits. We really appreciate it. Listen, man, I'm going to need you to not upload the same time you're live. Just got a note to you about your Jedi Survivor rundown, and I'm torn because you're live, and I want to watch the rundown. <laughs> yeah, that channel's for people who don't watch live. I already covered that over here. It's basically the opening monologue, and that's what that channel is getting, right? I'm playing PoE right now, Valiant. It says, Diablo piqued my interest, and PoE is free. The people complaining about lack of depth are P.O.E. Andy, says Deadly Dad Gaming. P.O. Excel, says Veter. The skill tree in P.O.E. is ridiculous. I meant Last Epoch, not Lost Epoch. Amazing ARPG and early access. Yeah, I've heard really, really good things about Last Epoch. I have. People have been saying that they've really, really enjoyed it. Where the Andy term was it born from? I don't know. I, I've always heard uh, Asmongold say it. I assumed he picked it up from the WoW community or something. I feel like D2 is, is Pinnacle Diablo, just kind of fell off with D3. I mean, listen, you can over-casualify a game. It's true. You can over-casualify a game. There, there's definitely an element of, oh my gosh, th- th- this this game has nothing, uh, nothing deep about it at all. Destiny 2 did this in its vanilla state, and everybody complained that there was no depth. There was no random rolls in the game anymore. Zyber Sword grabs a buy two, get one free on the light roast of coffee. Thank you so much, Zyber. Great way to cash in on your membership, guys. Get in the Discord and see that code. It's all the way down at the bottom. So, the same thing happened with Destiny 2. But I think the difference is Destiny 2 flattened their game out to make it like just casual Carl City. No random rolls. Like, they literally, they literally took a loot-based RPG game and they got rid of RNG on, like, the rolls of weapons. They went to static rolls. Like, whoever convinced them to do that, hire that person to be a salesman, because he absolutely convinced them to do something that was stupid. Yo, Lazaro gifting five members to the community. I think I'm gonna stop putting the kick goal up until we start getting maybe big, b- bigger kick viewership. I, it, it just probably isn't worth doing the little competition because it, it's 
we need to get to the point where we're probably averaging about 100 people a day on kick and then I'll put that kick goal up. It's not fair. YouTube's just beating the tar out of you over there and it just it's just I don't like I don't like the way that it's making y'all look over there on kick, all right? So I'm going to take the goal down. Thank you Lazaro. It went to Jamka's Sleet 17 next and Scritish. You guys all got a gifted membership. Make sure you get into our Discord. You can use that discount on the coffee. They want the giant 5 hour a week crowd. That's exactly what it is, Zubair. I think the difference between like what Destiny 2 did to itself in its vanilla state when they got rid of every single thing that made the game Destiny, like random rolls, grinding for god rolls, grinding content for drops, right? They got rid of all of that. They turned it into like a gotta catch them all game where like, oh, I've got all the guns and now I've got all the outfits and none of it matters, right? So, so, I'm not seeing that in Diablo 4. I don't see them removing all the things that makes Diablo great. What I see them doing is learning from what they did in Diablo 3 and saying, we're not going to do that anymore. This is what I think happened. Let me give you my theory on what happened. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about why is everybody hating on the Diablo 4 Endgame? There was a brand new Diablo 4 Endgame video and everybody's kind of hating on it and I don't understand what's going on. Let me give you my theory about what happened with Diablo 4. I think they looked at the fact that Diablo 3 got really good support ongoing with its live service attempts, with its seasonal attempts. And I think what they said was, how do we make that really, really good? How do we build that to last for 10 years? Okay, how do we do that? And that's what they focus their attention on. And here's the mistake that I think everybody's making that's like, the end game looks basic. The Paragon boards look stupid. And I'm not going to be able to have a depth of build like I have in Path of Exile. I'm not going to need 18 Excel spreadsheets to figure out if my damage over time is multiplicative or additive. I can't do that, so this game sucks, right? I got news for you. They not once considered you in the equation because you're not the target you're not you're not here's the thing you're attempting to ask for something that a game that's trying to do the ongoing remember what I said go back to what I said they looked at Diablo 3 ongoing and said how do we make this good how do we improve this you don't improve that with Excel spreadsheet level depth in the skill tree that's not how you improve that it isn't you you don't improve that model by doing that that's a great way to kill your seasonal model because it becomes too complex it becomes inaccessible. It becomes annoying. It becomes a nuisance. Wheezy says, I'll say this is my perception. I don't hate the game. Just for my gameplay and mindset, I'm not that excited because I personally don't care about the campaign. I will watch the cinematics. But the end game that I have seen has me kind of eh. I'm happy for those that are happy with that. With what they saw, though, don't get me wrong. Listen, Everybody that has either, like, Wheezy's reaction's not very extreme. He's just kind of shrugging at the game. He's like, eh. And then you have more extreme examples, like, oh no, it's Alex is saying, like, this looks like dog crap. Right? 
He's like, this looks like dog crap, right? So, but here's the thing. Wheezy and Alex are very similar in one respect. They like the depth. Just the other day, Wheezy and I debated about loot-based power versus skill-based power. Like, I want to build an amazing skill tree. I want to have all this depth and all this nuance and all these little things that I've chosen, right? And when I do all that, then that's where all my power comes from. Like, me and Wheezy debated that the other day. So it doesn't surprise me that Wheezy and Alex and a lot of these guys that love Path of Exile are looking at Diablo 4 Endgame and they're going, ugh, but that looks so bland. That looks so basic. That looks so pedestrian. You know what? You're right. It is. Because that's this game's intended audience. They're looking for the pedestrian ARPG players. They're not looking for number crunchers. They're not looking for, like glasses on the tip of the nose typing it up all right we squeeze another two percent out of this build like that that is absolutely not their target audience i don't think so because for in order for in order for them to build that for you i don't think they could have built the the game that they wanted to build they wanted to build a game that said how do we take the principles of diablo three seasons and Diablo 3 Rifts, and how do we basically weave that into an entire game? How do we do that? I tell you how you do it. You don't do it by appealing to hardcore players who are crunching numbers. You don't. You have a great stream. Everyone talk Destiny. I'd love to talk about say the game. I don't cover that game. Diablo 4 skill tree and build crafting is a big step up from Diablo 3, says Rawick. Look at how simple the Paragon system is in Diablo 3 compared to Diablo 4's Paragon system. See, isn't that interesting, Rawick? I want you to imagine right now that you're just... Imagine that you played Diablo 3 a bunch, and then you went into a coma. And then you woke up. Oh, gosh. Diablo 4's coming out? Yes! And your only frame of reference for Diablo 4 was how much did they improve on Diablo 3? I think you'd be throwing confetti in the air and saying, what a triumph. So much depth, so much variety, so much maintained content relevance. This is awesome. But that's not what's happening. People didn't go into a coma. They went and played other games because they had the ARPG itch. They had that itch. And they went and played PoE. And they're playing Last Epoch. And so they're coming to Diablo 4. And instead of saying, how much did you improve from Diablo 3 to Diablo 4? How much did you iterate on the procedural generation system? The loot system? The itemization? How much did you improve on the Paragon system? How much did you improve on endgame content relevancy? How much did you do that? Am I only running one activity? Am I doing this over and over again? Did you lean too hard on that? And they're like, no. Nope. We learned a ton of great lessons from Diablo 3 and we've put them into Diablo 4. And if that's how you approached it, you'd say, this is awesome. But I think that's the general issue that happens is people look at a game and they expect it to almost do... When I was covering Jedi Survivor the other day, One of the developers used the term video game soup, and I think people expect that. They're like, well, why don't you do what what, what Path of Exile does? 
why don't you do what 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 Johnny Johnny Danger you know Dungeon Crawler over here does? Why don't why don't you do that? And the devs are like, this game has been in development for six years, five years. What do you mean? That we, we, we built a foundation and that foundation spun up into branching trees of value and systems and these systems interact with those systems over there and and, a, and a, we, we, we've got this end game activity and then the itemization and then the and then the legendaries and then the affixes and then the paragon board it all works together what are you what are you talking about we, we've been building this game for five years we, we maybe more we can't do that that's not what that's not the game that we built wheezy says I don't think they should make the game for me, for example. I just think that it's lacking most of the depth that I've come to experience from ARPGs from the last decade, I guess. I'm the guy that got Diablo 3 at launch, hated it, and went back to Diablo 2 for years until Reaper of Souls. Okay, so Wheezy, what are other ARPGs that you've been playing outside of Path of Exile and Last Epoch that you think you've seen enough of Diablo 4 to know that it's not, it's not hitting those games? What are these other games? I'm not an ARPG guy. I've always kind of mainly played Diablo. Uh, I think somebody else ordered some coffee. Yes! Somebody ordered a uh, two... two, uh, They ordered a Frickmas and a light, and they got a bag of Frickmas for free. Thank you so much. I think that person hangs out and has the name Skyler. I think they were here this morning in the chat busting my chops about being late. I've been in and out. It sounds like tech fans, they come to expect the first phone feeling with every release. Yeah, the first phone with every release. This gets back to what what Zubair is saying. You know, that first phone feeling, that first game feeling. That's part of my metamorphosis principle. So basically, the first time you play a certain game type or a certain genre type, it's tectonic for you. There's internal shifting that happens. You're like, I've never had this experience before. I've never seen this before. This is phenomenal. And what happens is that's baked into your memory of the game. It's just baked into it. You go back and play some of those games now and you're like, ugh, this game's not that good, right? I don't know why I thought this game was so amazing. Well, baked into the crust of your experience of that game was this idea of like, I've never had this experience before. So what happens is, is now you've been metamorphi- metam- metamorphosized as a gamer. You've gone through a metamorphosis. You've changed. So then when you come to another game, you're like, okay, now I'm going to play Diablo 4. What you're expecting is that flavor that was baked into the crust back here of so new, so exciting, never felt this before. It's not there anymore. It's not there. You can't taste it. It, 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 th- that ingredient does can't be added. It can't because it, it's, it can only happen the first time you experience the game. So as soon as you play Diablo 4, do you know what happens? There's a million things happening on the screen that are familiar to you. There's the, the, the placement of your health, the placement of your abilities, the movement of the map, the movement of the enemies. You're like, this is all very familiar to me. So what happens is the needle of movement on excitement and satisfaction, it's going to have a much harder time to move because you're like, I, I, I kind of feel like I played this game before. I'll give you an example. Not the latest gears. What's the latest gears? Five or six, right? Yeah, it, 
five or six. You back that up to the one before, and I was like, I've played this game before. I have. You already reacted. You already reached Endgame. Wow, all you do is complain. Are you talking to me or somebody in chat? I'm, I'm defending Diablo today. I'm not complaining about it at all. I'm interacting with the people who are already complaining about the Endgame. I mean, I know you're on the tickety-talk. Maybe watch for more than three seconds. Like, if you're talking to me. I... Gears 5? That was the most recent one. Yeah, the one before that, I think I got like two or three hours into D- into Gears 4, and I was like, I've played this game before. Right? I've played it before. I, I've, I've, I've hid behind this wall, and I've shot that enemy. I, I've played this game before, and I shut it off, and I never went back. Now, Gears 5 was the one where they did, like, the quasi-open world. Jack could do certain things for you, right? Open this door, Jack! Right? You had Jack being able to do things for you. You're landing snipe shots. Take it! Dom! You're, you know, you're in Gears, and you're, you're having this experience that was new, right? The one before, you know, it didn't really have that feeling. I was like, I've kind of played this game before. I think for some people that's what's happening with Diablo 4. It's familiar enough that you're like, "Bro, I've I've kind of played this game before." I mean, Diaz was in chat a little bit ago saying, "I'm only really interested in the druid because I can do the exact same builds on the sorcerer and the in the barbarian and the necro." And I'm like, "What?" What do you mean? But subjectively speaking, that's his experience. He's like, I, I've, I've played these classes before. I've played these characters before. I just, I think more and more, the more games advance and the more games come out, if it has any familiarity to one you've played before, it's already behind the eight ball. It's already going to have a hard time impressing you or improving upon your experience. Are you saying it's unreasonable to expect improvements from other games uh, have done to the genre in Diablo 4? I think it's unreasonable to expect them to bake in what other games have done, yes. Because you're couching them as improvements. They're not improvements. They're evolution steps in the genre that don't necessarily retroactively turn into improvements in Diablo 4, which has been built for five years. So, as Path of Exile has gotten traction and popularity... The, the the developers at Blizzard were supposed to halt everything and say, we better bake that stuff into our game. That's not the game that they were setting out to build. Like, does that make sense? If, if if they set out to build a game with like mass appeal and an ongoing seasonal format and they wanted to learn like, hey, this is what we've learned from Diablo 3, I am saying it's unreasonable to say, well, you should do what Path of Exile does. I think that's unreasonable. The presumption is that that automatically, that's a universal good. It's universally an improvement on ARPGs and other games should do it. That's an assumption and a presumption and an opinion. That's not a fact. And it might not even line up with their game. If you could consistently and concretely and in a compelling way argue that like, here's all the stuff that Path of Exile did that just is just a reasonable expectation to expect games to do these days. 
And then you look at it and you feel like, well, it wouldn't really fit with what Diablo 4 is setting out to do. Diablo 4 is setting out to be uh, its own game type. It's not setting out to be Path of Exile. Improvements are one thing. People have a legit gripe when a game is made more basic from a previous entry. So you think Diablo 4 is more basic than Diablo 3? If you if you think that, you need to substantiate that because I don't think that's demonstrably true. I don't think you can demonstrate that. I think you're going to look foolish if you try to claim that Diablo 4 is more basic than Diablo 3. I don't think you can demonstrate that. If it works and there's a huge community and it would make them more successful, it probably would have been smart to implement those things, right? Presumption, 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 presumption. That's just a stack of presumptions. If it works, presumption. What do you mean if it works? Quantify what works means. Does it work functionally or does it work and make the game better? The presumption is functioning makes it better. There's a huge community. Another presumption. We don't know how big the Path of Exile community is compared to the Diablo community make it more successful again presumption we don't know if it would make it more successful it would make it could make it less successful the commercial success of diablo 4 could have been damaged by trying to do what path of exile does because people could have rejected it and been like this is just a path of exile carbon copy this is too deep this is too confusing this is too complex that's just a bunch of presumptions like we, we have no idea. And again, that would have been the claim. Oh, they just copied Path of Exile. To be fair, there's nothing wrong with saying other games like this do this thing better. That's a valid criticism. But if you go too far with it, just go play that other game. Right. Like at the end of the day, if you just get like a Diablo Path of Exile hybrid, that's what people would say. Yeah, I'll just go play Path of Exile. Wouldn't it be better to have a very different and distinct game that isn't Path of Exile, that doesn't do skill building, that doesn't do loot itemization the way that Path of Exile does? It seems like it's a community loud enough to have a show on it today, so that's what I'm basing it on. Well, again, but that would be a presumption that the community complaining on YouTube, Reddit, and Twitter represents a majority. I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I think Diablo 4's target audience, I'm telling you, I think this game's going to be very successful because in all the years I've covered live service games, in all the years they've attempted to get off the ground, whether it was Destiny, Anthem, or The Division, all of the things, all of the things that make those games slip, trip, and fumble... Diablo 4 is making sure to not do that. And I'll be honest with you. The fact that they're not trying to appeal to the super hardcore, I think that's a smart choice. There will be plenty of people that play Diablo 4 in a hardcore way because there's plenty for you to do. There's plenty for way. There's plenty for you to do. Grind, get your legendaries, get your get your paragon board set exactly right. You know, race on the ladder boards, do a seasonal character. There will be hardcore players that really enjoy Diablo 4. I'm telling you, there's people that are a step above that, that are like super hardcore. And they want that depth, and they want that skill tree, and they want to get out of like a freaking Excel spreadsheet. And that's what they're looking for. I actually think Diablo 4 will be successful because they didn't go that far. Diablo 4 isn't made for us. It's made for the come home from work, grind for an hour or two person, which is okay. Right. 
And that's what I'm trying to tell folks. Like, that's why I'm surprised. I feel like maybe people, somebody said it earlier, everybody was hoping that uh, there was another Diablo 4 announcement forthcoming. Right? Yeah, Eugene just pulled the Steam numbers. 21,000 player peak on Path of Exile in the last 24 hours. 18,000 people playing right now. And there are 14,000 people playing Sea of Thieves, you know, five minutes ago. So it's got a it's got a daily engaged player base that's you know that's slightly above Sea of Thieves. I actually think that's pretty impressive for Path of Exile, given probably the size of the company and the fact that it's free to play. So that's not a dig, but if you are like twenty thousand people, that's your player peak. There'll be twenty thousand people in a queue. <laughs> in the there'll be twenty thousand people in the Eastern Time Zone in a queue <laughs> when Diablo Four launches. Do you see, like, I think Diablo would have absolutely folded in on itself if they went this hardcore route. And that's why I was confused. I was like, I don't understand. They've outlined all this stuff, whether it's the Nightmare Dungeons or the Fields of Hatred or the Endgame Grind or the Paragon Board or all this stuff. They This stuff, this information's been readily available for months. That's why I felt like this show, I was like, I told Creature literally over on my dry race board right now it says Diablo 4 end game is blank because I didn't know what to say I didn't know what to say I was like we- we've gone over all this you know it's worth covering it's worth reiterating it's worth giving you my opinion and saying I think this is pretty big but I woke up this morning and I'm checking all my feeds and it's nothing but hate it's nothing but criticism everybody's angry and I'm like wait I don't understand What's the, what's the problem? We knew all this information months ago. Because a game has more players doesn't mean it's a better game. Nobody argued that. I didn't say it was a better game because it has more players. Nope. The point being, Diablo is appealing to a broader market. They're appealing to a broader market. Pushback, that game has its own launcher. We aren't 100% on the numbers. Yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy has 19,000, right. Well, Final Fantasy is also on consoles, so we can't get a true count there. I mean, what, 19,000 on every console? So that'd be, what, 60,000 people playing right now? Or maybe not 60,000, um, 40,000. Like, again, I wasn't mentioning... Path of Exile's player base numbers as a dig. I, I made that very clear. I said, you're, you're talking about a game scale that will absolutely, be, like, you will literally be in the shadow of Diablo 4. It's like going to be a giant. So, because of that, they cannot do this hardcore make a game for the hardcore audience thing. They have a bigger and broader audience. That's always going to change the delivery of the content. Path of Exile has approximately 1 million to 1.3 million daily active players. 60% of the players are from Windows, PC, and PlayStation gamers and Xbox users. I mean, can we trust that source that's saying that? Can we trust that, that website that's getting pulled from? I'm agreeing with you. D4 is for casual newcomers, which is completely fine. 
You summarize what my earlier comment was supposed to convey. Only excited to play Diablo Druid because I played the others before. The game looks improved from D3. Never tried to make that point. Right, but the way that you phrased it was like so hyperbolic that it, it hit in a, it hit a level of inaccuracy. You know what I'm saying? It was like, it, that, that, it just wasn't accurate. It's was like, come on, man. That's not true. That isn't true. You can't do the exact same build on those characters, right? Come on. That seems extremely high for PoE. Yeah, I don't think there's a million people logging into PoE every day. I don't think so. Based on the numbers that they have on Steam right now, I would say that they're probably getting a quarter of a million logging in every day, not a million. Diablo 4 could graduate players looking for more to PoE. Seems like it's good for both games. Here, Here's the thing I think that just naturally happens all the time. We dropped frames? Are you freaking kidding me? Oh, it's probably because I ref... Maybe it's because I refreshed my uh, dashboard. Do we... What's, well, I, I never want to look at Kick. We've surprisingly not dropped any frames at all on Kick today. That's unusual. Usually we drop frames over there. Um... I mean, again, again, I would say that the broader a game's reach goes, the you can't you can't build the game for that hardcore audience. This guy doesn't think about both sides. Best thing to do is listen and form your own opinion. What do you mean I don't listen to both sides or doesn't think about both sides? I literally have entertained, sympathized, and empathized with the people that have gone and played Path of Exile and developed this sort of desire to have that level of depth in another game. That's quite literally me thinking about the other side. I've been streaming for an hour and 28 minutes, and you think you can come in and falsely summarize how I engage in the subject? Like, keep keep scrolling. You played every game before. That's the hard part of gaming. The PoE launcher actually runs PoE better, not a massive improvement, says somebody. Ford's F-150 is the best-selling vehicle in America. It is also the best truck on the market for people that actually do work that needs a light truck, or is it basically an SUV SUV with a bed? Real ass. Yeah, I don't know enough. Watch his pro side, then watch someone else anti-side and form the middle opinion. But, I mean, there there is no middle opinion. There is, and I'm not the pro side. What I was saying, and this is all I was saying, we had all of the information about Diablo 4 Endgame months ago. Months ago. None of this is new information. And people got a trailer yesterday and they're acting like, oh my gosh, this is so disappointing. I can't, I can't believe that the game is going to be this bad. And it's like, I, I don't, un- that's the part that has me confused. I'm not saying that they are wrong and that I am right and that the game is going to be great. Well, I, all I've said this morning is, as far as I can tell, they've attempted to answer all the problems and the shortcomings of live service games up to now. Whether it was Diablo 3 relying too heavily on Rift systems or Anthem's downfall or Division 1 and 2 struggles or Destiny struggles, 
they've essentially learned from those live service games and said we're going to create a game that maintains relevancy of all the content that we've created both the open world and all of the dungeons we're going to interlace all of the procedural generation and tech that we learned from Diablo 3 Rifts and on top of that we're going to offer a variety of activities so you don't get stuck just doing one activity over and over again those are all the things that that from where I sit they've done and the people that are irritated seem to be primarily irritated with the lack of depth. They look at the Paragon board, they look at the skill trees, and they say, there's not enough depth. And my pushback on that is, you're not wrong. There's less depth in this game compared to those other games, but that level of depth wouldn't make sense in a game that set out to do this. It wouldn't. It wouldn't make any sense. They're trying to do an ongoing live service seasonal character based game with battle passes and you grinding dungeons in the open world with your buddies or maybe jumping into PvP. That's the game that they're trying to build. So contextually speaking, it shouldn't be that alarming that there's like a lack of depth in the skill trees and a lack of depth in the builds. It's like that, that, that that shouldn't be confusing or alarming. Because we love and care about the consumer, here's a subscription plan. Well, I mean, I don't think there's going to be a subscription plan on this game. That would be, I don't think that would, I think that would go over like a lead balloon. Guys, do me a favor. Whenever we drop frames like that, it really messes with the uh, the YouTube count. Make sure you're smashing a like button. Give us 300 likes on the video. Maybe give some members. We're already about halfway there to the daily YouTube goal. Every 25 members and I got to give five. Help us kind of bounce back here. I'm not sure what that was. I like Path of Exile and Diablo. Well, and that's the thing that I was thinking, games we love. Why can't you enjoy both? Let, 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 me, let me give you a conversation piece that keeps coming up about live service games. People continue to say things like, well, there's only so much of the player pie. There's only so much of the player uh, time throughout the week. So live service games are a snake eating their own tail, right? There's only going to be so many live service games that can be successful because you're going to run out of players. You're going to you're going to run out of people that are that are willing to play because you know I only have so much time in a week. I can't be playing three and four different live service games, right? You have people saying that. Okay, well let's apply that logic. Do you really want another game with the with with similar depth and similar time requirement, grind requirement, and build requirement as Path of Exile? Wouldn't it be nice to have not just Path of Exile, but then, oh yeah, Diablo 4? Yeah, it's a little bit more casual. It's a little bit more laid back. I can kind of play it, especially maybe you've got some way of playing it on the go. You know, maybe you do some cloud gaming with it or something. Maybe you're playing at, the, at your friend's house. You know, you're just kind of taking it easy. Yo, Chris... N is gonna jump in as a member. That's the way to do it. I'll stop asking for gifted members. Just become a member like Chris. More people should be like Chris. Hit the join button. Hit that join button. Hit the dollar sign button at the bottom of the chat. That allows you to jump in as a member and it also allows you to get into my Discord and you can take advantage of the big coffee sale that we're doing today. I won't buy Diablo 4. I don't want to have to be connected to the internet all the time just to play a game as you watch a live stream on a mobile device that requires internet all the time to consume this piece of entertainment makes sense it's weird these days people expect 
games to be more and more uh, advertise them more than they've advertised themselves to be. Simply because one game does something doesn't mean it's going to be uh, fit the game that they're comparing it to, says Gale. Yeah, gift yourself a membership. That's right. Abe says, Chris, the homie. The counter uh, that Lono, uh, to counter that Lono, they want Diablo 4 uh, to be hardcore like PoE because they want Blizzard to do uh, it better or their way. That being said, Blizzard's way is this casual approach to make it popular. Right, I think that's the point that people miss. Is if you want a game... Okay, think about... Just think about it purely from a business perspective, right? Purely from a business perspective. The amount of time, the amount of people, the amount of work, and the amount of playable content in Diablo 4 at launch. That's a foundation that they want to build on for 10 years. Do you think that they can do that with a game that appeals to the narrow hardcore? Or can they, can they, from a business perspective, stop thinking about video games for a second and imagine that you're a game developer, you're a publisher... Which 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 path do you think is the path to take? Which game do you think that you should be building? A game that appeals to really hardcore players, or a game that appeals to people of a broad spectrum that can jump in, play, get the grind on, do some dungeons, get some loot, buy that battle pass. Like the scope and the size of what they want Diablo Four to be. It's not possible if they shrink their appeal down. It's not possible if they don't have broad appeal. Just base level business analysis, it's really weird to come to a game at this scale and think, I can't believe they're trying to have broad appeal. I can't believe they've made the game more accessible or more casual. Games are always going to sell, so you should always think of video games over business. I mean, that's just an empty platitude. That's not true. Games are not always going to sell. And this game is not just about selling itself initially. This game is about ongoing. Right? Business standpoints always hurts games. Really? So you think right now, all the really good games that we've played, all the good games that are out on the horizon, all of the good games that are in development right now, you think they're purely making games just for the passion. You don't think there's money behind it. You don't think there's business strategy behind it. There's no market analysis. There's no sales forecasts. There's no desire to make sure that they hit profit margins. Name some of your favorite games. Like I don't think you can name some of the best games or some of your favorite games and act like there's not a business element to the game. There's not a profit element or a success element to the game. Didn't say purely. I said put fun above business. Yeah, but again, that's just a platitude. How is a company supposed to do that? Okay, so... We're targeting a broad audience here. We're thinking about mass appeal. We're going to have Diablo 4 on every console, the old-gen consoles, as well as PC. Uh, Let's think through uh, player behavior and player uh, recoup patterns and return player login patterns and what we learned from Diablo 3. Let's analyze all that. But don't forget about the fun, guys. Hey, yeah, 
I see you over there, Steve, reading your charts. Yeah, don't you forget about the fun, buddy. You know that matters more. Hey, Susan, listen, I, listen. I know you're going through algorithmic analysis of why players log in and continue to play something in small time, micro time, and macro time, and all those end game loops have to be interwoven together with the actual skill trees and the Paragon boards. But don't forget about the fun, Susan. Put a smile on your face. Come on, come on. Like, that's just not how these games are developed, bro. But, I, like, the, the massive, massive audience, massive staff, so many different compartmentalized projects and making sure that everything runs well and it all has to be, you know, commercially successful and really appealing. Yo, five gifted members from Sergeant First Class smoke a lot. Thank you so much, sir. Taking us to 16 members on the day. So generous. One of the newer members here and has been gifting regularly. Welcome back in. You can absolutely tell when games, uh, when companies make the make a game with the desire of making money over giving their consumers a great experience. Well, here's the thing, though, James. We watched a video a week ago of one of the developers sat down with a YouTuber and they were just playing the game. And he was talking about all the little decisions that they had made to smooth over gameplay, right? The the little decisions they made. Like, you could tell they played the game. Remember the video we watched and we joked because, like, the one guy kind of looked like Zubair and we're like, oh, Zubair works for Blizzard, right? That video when we watched, I remarked a couple of times, I was like, you can tell this guy just plays the game. And they really thought through all these little micro moments and things that might annoy people. You know what? That's a great analogy. I'm salty as F that I can't buy a new 3 Series with a manual. I know only like 5% of buyers want that, but I don't appreciate them making my cars casual. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's always going to be the case when you're trying to have broad market appeal. You're not going to be able to appeal as much. Now, I'm not saying that this game won't appear appeal to hardcore players. I just don't think it'll appeal as much. Right? Christo says, but a good game is needed to make money to keep them coming back. But money is always one. Number one, that's exactly right. Like you can't build a game at this scale and ignore the commercial success and and the money. It's not possible. Yo, Polarin gifting five members to the community, taking us to twenty one members on the day. Every twenty five, I gift five. We've been gifting the members in the premiere. So that way you have an incentive to go to the next thing that we do. I've got a great video today. Another in my AI and gaming series. This one is about difficulty. You're not going to miss it. It's a symbiotic relationship. If the game isn't fun or good, it won't make money. And money is how you develop a fun game. It hurts games quality. Let's talk about this. Business over fun, right? Let's talk about this. I think this is a good discussion. So everything I've been saying about Diablo 4 is that they are attempting to appeal to a broader market so all of those people can come in and enjoy the game and track with me here, have fun. And if they're having fun, they're going to come back and they're going to keep playing and they're going to spend money. So fun is subjective. And mathematically speaking, I could say they've objectively maximize the fun because there are more people playing and more people having fun and if you would say well they prioritize business and money and it hurt the game's quality well now hang on a minute 
that's also subjective well i'm not having fun they prioritize mass appeal and a broad audience over the hardcore audience so i'm not having fun yeah but measurably on paper there's more fun being had in the game so i think i may have just used your own argumentation against you it's a false binary. Just because they just because they prioritize money and broad appeal doesn't mean fun evaporates. Doesn't mean the game's quality is hurt. It doesn't mean that the game results in a less fun game. Quite the contrary. If they successfully create a game with massive commercial appeal and a super broad audience and tons of people are playing it and they're logging back in and they're having fun, then they've actually done the thing that you say is impossible. Well, they prioritize business, you know, so the game's quality go down and, you know, people aren't having fun. No, no, Lono, says Eugene. If I'm not having fun, it means they prioritize business. It doesn't matter if you're having fun. It's okay for the franchises you love to change and for you to stop loving them, says Zubair. If you ever jumped into something that was a sequel, then you have been on the other side too. Yeah. Yeah, hey all you people, you casual, stop having fun. Don't you know they prioritize business over fun? You know? Don't you know? They prioritize business over fun, dude. And people are like, I'm having fun. Uh, Azale says, indie games are made with the main focus being fun, but profits are definitely still a thought. They're once, uh, definitely a thought once the game accomplishes a fun experience. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Fun is a huge priority in order to generate profit. That's the other false binary here. That's the other false dichotomy. Is that, oh, a business focus and a profit focus is the antithesis of fun. Quite the contrary. They're going to make way more money if the game's really fun. If people are having fun and the content loop is addicting and they really enjoy it, they keep coming back and they keep killing demons and they keep signing in, guess what? They're making more money. And guess what? It's intrinsically linked to the player having fun. Surely business and fun are symbiotic when it comes to entertainment. That's that's exactly right. That's exactly the point that I'm making, Valiant. Yes. Isn't fun subjective to the individual? That's precisely the point. Fun is subjective to the individual. So if Diablo 4 successfully launches a broad spectrum, broad appeal game and tons of people are loving Diablo 4 and they're more casual or they don't play as hardcore and they're all having fun, guess what? All the people that are like, well, they prioritize money over the game and I'm not having fun. Okay. That doesn't mean that the game's not fun. It means you're you're not having fun. Indies also have to answer to those uh, to less investors so they can make these fun, unique games. Right, right. Or an indie studio can have an incredibly small operating budget. Like the guys who made Death's Door, it was two dudes. And they just worked and they made an amazing game. I don't know where the funding came from, but they sold 100,000 copies on Steam in the first week. Lono sells coffee to make money, but he'll make more money on coffee if it's delicious. That's exactly right. Like, Diablo 4 is a flop 
if it doesn't appeal to a broad audience it's going to be a total commercial flop does that does that make sense like i think people get so so zeroed in on yeah well the depth's not there that's casual casualification of games right diablo 4 endgame is too easy it's made for babies diablo 4 gameplay it's for casuals now you're in real trouble if your super hardcore fans are saying that and then the casuals walk away from your game that's all that's always the risk of appealing to the casuals i will be 100 percent honest every every strategy every strategy has weaknesses it has weak points one of the weak points of appealing to casuals casuals can very easily set the game down and walk away they can the loyalty's not as strong the loyalty's not there yet yet it could be there that's where really really good content loops come into play that's where really really good hooks of gameplay come into play because that's how you're going to get them to keep coming back their loyalty isn't necessarily tied to the franchise or the depth or their build or the, you know their nuanced understanding of all the skills. Their, their sort of loyalty is tied to the experience the game is giving them. So it's got to be a very good hook. It's got to be really enjoyable. Ground level always. As I've said, the content loop is God. Everything is subservient to the content loop. It's got to feel good to kill trash ads, mini bosses, big bosses. It's got to feel good to clear an area, to go back to town, to equip new gear. All those little teeny micro moments. You know how you know the expression death by a thousand paper cuts? This is more like loyalty loyalty fostered by a thousand dopamine hits. Like a thousand little micro dopamine hits is going to keep you coming back. Keep you coming back for more. This is why generosity is such an important asset and aspect of a game like this. Because if they're not getting those little micro drops, it's like, bing, oh, I got something, bing, oh, and I got something. If that's not happening, if that rhythm isn't there, then there's going to be a dissonance in the game, and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this. So do the scaling resistances not worry you then? That's one of my primary concerns about the content loop, Wheezy. Yes. As, as I just said, everything is subservient to the content loop. So if you came up with an endgame scaling structure so that you don't have to just make the enemies have more health and do more damage, but you leaned into this resistance system instead, that's great, that's cool, I get that, but if it's damaging to the content loop, then it doesn't matter. Because the content loop is God. And if you disobey God... You get smited. So if you if you disobey, if you disrupt the content loop, then people are going to get out of step with the game. They're going to say, "I don't understand. I hit level twenty eight, and every I, I feel weaker. I'm level twenty eight. I'm playing with a guy who's fifteen, and he's killing the twenty eight enemies faster than I can. That doesn't even make any sense. I was a level twenty one." My wife was a level 11. We were fighting level 21 enemies. So I'm at their level. She's 10 levels beneath them. And she was melting them. Why? Well, they're not resisting her as much. That doesn't work. 
That's 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 nonsensical. Wait, what? Huh? So the best way to play the game is to always sandbag a weaker player. Yeah, come along, Dave. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna go run this level 100 area. I'm only 75. I'm gonna die a lot. No, 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 bro. You're gonna melt everything. Don't worry. Don't worry. Nothing will resist you, Dave. You're gonna crush it. Okay, I, I'm kind of worried. And he comes in. And he's like the, you know, he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's just mowing the enemies down. Like, they've got to figure that out. Because that that 100% is going to be disruptive to the content loop. For our members only debate the other day, I'm not going to explain how dopamine works more technically. You mother effers are welcome. Yeah, because that's not necessary to what I was communicating. What I was communicating was... Instead of death by a thousand paper cuts, you get loyalty out of a thousand satisfying micro moments, right? I'm not making like a scientific, I'm not doing a scientific thesis here on how dopamine works, right? The rise of dopamine actually hits strongest before you get the item, not when you get the item. Like right before you open the present, it's at its height, and then it comes down after that. Is one of the reasons why sometimes games do this thing where the item drops and you don't know what the item is yet you have to take it back so they get to hit you twice you see the item drop bing and you go to pick it up and then you find out it's a crown but you don't know what it is yet you got to go identify it right so there's two moments of elation there's two moments of maybe and i think they do that on purpose it's basically staggering you're getting you're getting uh like one one item gets multiple points of stimuli of making you feel really good. Wheezy says, I'm worried it's too deeply baked into the game. And here's the thing, Wheeze. Here's the thing. As I just said moments ago, as I just said moments ago, You, you run a real big risk when you target the casuals because guess what? The hardcore person understands what's going on. They're like, yeah, that's part of the game. Yeah, 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 that's part of the, gra- the game. They're going to resist you. Uh, you. You got to level. You got to get better gear. You know, that's just part of the game is it's going to get harder. The casual player, he don't know that. He doesn't know that. All he knows is that everything's dying slower. I'm stronger. I've I've got better gear than I did a moment ago, and everything's taken forever to die. Everything. What's going on? The casual walk away. I'll say this isn't any fun. I feel like I'm being punished for leveling up. Kind of like skill-based matchmaking makes you feel like you get punished for having a good game, and it drives people to, to engage less, and it drives people to play less. It'll have a similar effect on the on the hive mind of the player. Oh yeah, that Diablo 4, that game's annoying. Why? Well, every time you level up, the enemies die slower. The whole rhythm of the game is boring. It just gets slower and slower and slower. It's like a flat tire. Congratulations, you leveled up. What's that mean? Oh, everything's going to slow down. Yeah, enemies are going to die slower. Why? Well, you got a min-max. What do you mean min-max? I'm level 32. Min-max? How do I min-max at 32? 
Isn't the act of min-maxing at 32 going to push me to 33 and then I'm going to min-max at 33 and it's going to push me to 34 because the actual act of playing the game and grinding the content is always pushing me forward, which means the general sense of rhythm of the game and the trajectory of the forward momentum of the player's experience doesn't need to be halted and stopped by min-maxing? That's endgame! What are you doing? You never ran into that issue? Yes, you did. You just didn't realize it. It's baked into the game. You can't say, I never ran into that issue. That's mathematically impossible. They've literally set up resistances. You level up, and the enemies resist you more. They they die slower. Wheezy joined my game the other day when we were playing the beta. He was like eight levels behind me, and he was killing everything super fast i'm fighting at level and everything's dying slower than he's killing them it doesn't it doesn't make any sense i was playing with a low level friend on the beta and he made me look like a wussy that's what i'm saying you can't say i didn't have that experience it's it's literally baked into the code of the game it's how the, it's how the game is designed it's literally how the game is designed Hardcore are the free advertising streamers with influencers. Big to turn if you lose those. No, no, because they'll listen, listen. If there's are you playing as the druid? The first time I noticed it, I was playing as the sorcerer. Cause I was playing and I was like I felt like I was slowing down. And I felt like I had made a mistake. At one point I remember checking my sorcerer and I was like, did I unequip something? Now, the sorcerer was awesome, and the sorcerer was fun, but I did notice, I was like, I don't know, I, I feel like I did something. Did I, I I felt like I accidentally unequipped something at one point. I was like, I feel like I'm killing everything slower all of a sudden. I was like, I, what's happening? Now, yes, the time that my wife was melting everything, I was on a druid, but you have to understand something. I wasn't even getting a chance to get to the enemies. She was just shooting as a rogue, and she was 11 levels below. She was like 10 or 11 levels below, and she was obliterating everything. It wasn't even like I was going up and hitting them as the druid and being like, man, this is kind of slow. It was, everything's dead. Like, I'm like running over to them, and her, she's shooting over my shoulder. And It's the second time I've done that. She's like shooting over my shoulder. I get too animated. Knock my own glasses off. And everything's dying. I didn't, I didn't even get a chance to get to the enemies. Maybe your wife's just a boss. Yeah. The enemies were at her level for her? Yeah. Which means... You kill things slower as you level up. Who wants to play a game like that? Weird, I didn't see you were live. I I thought something was wrong this morning. I don't know. I think YouTube's being stupid. I have a really hard time believing that this today's topic and thumbnail didn't we we started with way less people than usual. I was like something's wrong. 
we, we lately we've been crushing it with virtually everything that we cover and then I, I came in the room this morning and I was like I literally refreshed the browser I was like huh there's like 89 people hanging out for a stream about Diablo 4 Endgame is hated I was like is, uh, 89 people lately when we cover a topic like this like I have almost 200 people waiting for the stream to start I was like something's going on with YouTube man I was like something's not right even throughout today, it's been stra- the behavior has been strange of the platform. Like, it's just been odd. I don't know. I think they're tweaking things again. They're tweaking things again. And I don't know what they're doing this time. Because shorts were bad for two days, and then this morning my short did amazing. And I was like, okay, they fixed shorts. But then I looked at our live numbers, and I was like, uh, pfft, where is everybody? And I said, I was like, maybe people have lost interest. But if you go look at other people's Diablo 4 videos about the end game, all their videos are crushing because people are interested. So I was like, uh, I think something's wrong with live today. I think something's wrong with live. The only thing I could think, the only thing I could think is, I did put us in the Diablo 4 News podcast instead of gaming news. And I feel like lately the gaming news podcast gets really, really good treatment, and maybe that's what happened. Maybe YouTube was like, yeah, the Diablo 4 podcast is not as established as gaming news. So, as a little experiment, I did that. I was like, oh, I'm going to put us in the Diablo 4 news podcast, because playlists can be podcasts now, and I wonder if that just affected reach or something. Don't worry, all the people we are wondering where uh, they are will be here spewing idiocy and hate tomorrow. Yeah. I think folks are excited for Diablo 4, so they see people not liking it, they just tune out. No, I mean, I literally watched a video this morning from a smaller channel that was, like, basically bashing the endgame, and he had a ton of views. Like, I think people are clicking on the negatives, you know? I think people are clicking on the negatives. I didn't want to go positive because I thought people would just scroll right past that. Because I'm being positive. Like, I almost ran with a thumbnail that said Diablo 4 Endgame is huge, but I thought, well, all the people that are upset and negative are going to be like, yeah, that guy's just being a piece. I don't like doing puff pieces. I hate doing puff pieces. You should be hype on the thumbnail. I don't want to do that. Too many games, difficulty drops dramatically after you gain a few abilities. I don't mind having it uh, to try harder as I and the enemies level up. No, 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 no. You're, you're misunderstanding. You, it's not a matter of tr- tr- trying harder. That, that That's not it at all. I'm not painting the picture properly. Let me attempt to do that. The primary problem with Diablo 4's resistance system is that as I'm leveling up and getting new abilities, I'm supposed to feel like I'm growing in strength. But my new abilities feel weaker and weaker as I progress because the enemies are resisting me. So my sense of power growth doesn't feel like power growth. It feels like my power is diminishing. I completely understand that when you go into the end game or the end game activities, suddenly everything kind of slices up on the curve of difficulty and now I need to min max and now I need to get better gear. Why? Because I have actively turned up the difficulty. I have raised the world tier. I have gone into an activity with multipliers or modifiers. Brother, I'm level 11. I'm level 20. 
and I'm just going through a dungeon and I feel less effective. That's not a good experience. I'm not I'm not talking about like, oh, I now have to get better or I now have to consider my power. But no. Th- th- that's not it at all. The issue is I, I'm, I'm actively less effective the stronger I get. That doesn't make any sense. When I get stronger in last epoch, I feel stronger. When I get stronger in the D4 beta, I just felt annoyed. Yeah, that's not going to work. Don't mess with my power fantasy. Yeah, you can't do that. You, you, can't, you can't give people this sense of, of you're getting weaker as you get stronger. That, that it's, it's honestly weird. It's honestly weird. It, I understand why they do it. I expected the resistance curve to go like this once you got into the end game. It's like, hey, buddy, whoa, slow down there, Wilbur. You're gonna have to really level up here. You're gonna have to really min max. You're gonna have to go get some pretty good gear. Hold your roll there, puppy. That's what I expected. I, I I expected it to slope up at you know near the end game. I'm like level twenty one. Talking druid? No, any character, not just druid. <clears throat> so is it that they have artificial difficulty then? I mean, yeah, I would call that artificial difficulty, and here's why: the player's not equipped to overcome it. Yo, what's good, Rad Remington? First time on kick. Thanks for watching over there on kick. Appreciate it. Make sure you guys are following me on on uh, on kick if you're watching over there. <clears throat> Not something to do with leveling. It's core to the experience. Wheezy, I think they can turn it down. I think they could turn it down or track with me here. They could make it to where your 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 power is sort of maintained and so the arc is arcing with you instead of above you until you get to the end game that would be my thought it, they can tweak it because if i can't overcome it then that's artificial difficulty oh yeah the enemies are resisting you more now well how how okay how do i uh, how do i overcome that well you can't well, why not? Well, because if you if you were if you were to try right now to kind of min max and and really get the best gear for your character, well, the whole time you're doing that, you're actively leveling up. And it, the, the, if the whole if the whole time you're actively leveling up, they're just going to get stronger again. Like imagine trying to min max at level twenty two. That doesn't make any sense. That's not. That's literally nonsensical. You're just going to push yourself closer to level twenty three. Don't you need to upgrade your gear as you level? I I was. That's the point. There were times where I would hit a level, I would go into my inventory, and I'd be like, green arrow, green arrow, green arrow, green arrow. Ooh, look at all these green arrows. Bing, 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 bing. All my numbers are going up. And then I would go to kill enemies, and I'm like, I'm slower. Back in the day, your complaint about Grandmaster Nightfall still resonates in my head. You said, if you make red bars as hard to kill as majors, you ruin the game. It doesn't work anymore. Right, because I talked about in in uh, in Destiny Grandmasters, the reason that I think that that was just poor game design, um, none of the weapon mechanics and types fit together anymore. That's exactly right. So, 
if you guys remember, one of my primary criticisms against the Grandmaster Nightfalls in Destiny was there is an enemy hierarchy and there is a weapon hierarchy. Just ignore weapon hierarchy for just a second. Within enemy hierarchy, typically what you do is trash ads are weak and inaccurate. And they make up for their weakness and their inaccuracy by you have a larger quantity of them and they tend to shoot at faster intervals. They tend to attack at faster intervals, okay? So essentially, what's happening is, okay, their attacks are weaker and they're less accurate. We make up for that in numbers, okay? So there's a lot of trash ads and they tend to shoot a lot. They tend to spam. And then you go up a level from that. You've got your majors. Well, your majors, they hit a little bit harder and they're a little bit more accurate. So what do you do? Very simple, right? This is just like a continuum. You just turn the dial down. There's only maybe one or two majors in the area. And they don't shoot spammy. They shoot spread out. So instead of, you got your majors going, kaplunk, 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 right? So you have, Two majors shooting in a rhythmic interval, and then you have trash ads spamming, and there's like 10 of them, right? Everything's working in harmony because their damage output has a relationship to their accuracy, how often they shoot, and how many of them that there are. You ruin that when you go in and say, well, now they do a ton of damage. Am I going to get any more health? Well, no. Well, wait, 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 wait a minute. That, that's creating an internal dissonance. Because what you're doing is, is you're taking an enemy that the reason there's 10 of them and the reason that they tend to spam their attacks is because their damage is low. Now I've got 10 enemies who spam their attacks and suddenly their damage is high. You have just disrupted the harmony of the game's design. This doesn't make any sense. So that, in a nutshell, was one of my primary criticisms of Grandmaster Nightfalls, because basically what they were doing is they were taking existing content that was never designed to be that hard, and they were just going in and turning the knobs up. None of those strikes were ever designed to be played in that way, right? It, it, like, I hate to use the word lazy, but let's just use the word shortcut. It's a shortcut to creating endgame content. Well, we're going to repurpose this and make everybody really strong. Well, Diablo 4 is doing that at its core. It's taking core game elements, dungeons, enemies, dungeon randomization, procedural generation, modifiers, sigils, all of that, and you're going to go into environments and suddenly everything's going to be harder and crazier and spammier, right? But the reason that works is I can get stronger. I can get better gear. I can meet them. I can can rise to the occasion. You couldn't do that in Destiny. You were capped. I was like, this is as strong as you can get. They're way stronger, right? Right, and if you just scale enemy damage resist in Diablo, you end up in the same place. That's exactly right. You're breaking the harmony of the game. I'm supposed to be able to go up to the trash ads and whack, 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 dead. Whack, whack, freeze dead like there's like this rhythm it's like it's like we're dancing it's like you're listening to a song and the drum beats like you know it's it's on an up and down right one two three one two three and then all of a sudden resistance comes in and says one two three four five six seven 
Doesn't that sound great? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, 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 no. You just messed up the rhythm of the song. What is that? Was that a three, four, 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 and a five, six? What'd you just do to the rhythm and the tempo? What's going on? It's like I'm tripping on myself. Like, well, I used to attack these guys and this this amount of enemies and these little batches, and I used to be able to kill them in you know so many seconds. Well, now I can't do that. And I'm not in the end game yet. I'm just playing through the game. I don't care about the campaign. The faster I get through it, the better. Why do you think they implemented the resist systems? It seems half-baked. They said in a dev diary video, basically what they said was, they said this will enable us to more adequately scale the game. So instead of having to give enemies more health, more damage we can scale it and we have more control over it because essentially what they did is is they said we just had to keep raising their health which means your damage had to keep going up so damage numbers got crazy this is a way for them to keep it a little bit more contained the problem is is they've overswung it's like i get what you're doing but generally this shouldn't be implemented until i'm in the late game in the end game until i'm turning on world tier two three and four none of this None of this should be happening in World Tier 1. I only have Destiny analogies. It's like making a build where grenade kills gets you more grenade energy, but now red bars don't die. So yeah, it ruins your build. That's exactly right. Zubair, that's comparable uh, to my Sorcerer build. So my Sorcerer, this is a really early game build, okay? Like, I think I was level 14 on my Sorcerer whenever I switched to the Druid. I was like level 14. I had this freeze ability where if I froze enemies and killed them while they were frozen, it made my freeze ability come back faster. It was really fun when it was working. (laughs) Suddenly, their resistances were going up. So I would freeze a group of enemy. I I would freeze a group of enemies and I would go to kill them. And then they'd have this teeny little sliver and then they'd all get unfrozen. So there was just enough of an increase in resistance where freeze, one, two, three. Ah, they're still alive. Say what? They have a sliver of health? Okay, well, now I've got to damage them down a little bit and then freeze them and then kill them. Well, okay, maybe that's me adapting to the difficulty. But then I leveled up again and again and again. And the more I leveled up in Diablo 4 gameplay, the more it was a problem. It's like, well, now I'm not able to freeze and kill the frozen enemies fast enough because you've made them resist me. So now that ability, that skill, irrelevant. It's irrelevant. So now I got to wait until they're on death's door, freeze them, smack them. Now I get the freeze ability back. That completely convolutes the purpose of freezing freezing is supposed to be an offensive defensive ability where oh no I'm surrounded let me freeze oh great that was really helpful wham let me kill them all and get my freeze back using freeze at the tail end of an engagement just to kill them and get it back again that's rhythmically dumb You've taken an ability that's supposed to be like the kickstart of an encounter or the kickstart of being surrounded, and now it's just a capstone to the end of the fight. Why? 
because of resistances. That's one example. That's one. Sounds like killing things with extra freezing steps. Right. And that's just one example of you've taken that ability, you've taken that synergy that I created, and you've turned it on its head with within just a few levels of getting it. Within just a few levels of getting that synergy, it it wasn't working as well. And it was I was like, oh well, I, I don't I guess I'll just have to whittle them down, and then after I whittle them down, then I'll freeze them, then I'll break them, then I'll get my freeze ability back. But now the fight's over. I'm using it at the tail end. I'm using it on enemies that are practically dead. That's convoluted. You think they'll change the resistances? I sure hope they do. Switch to Hydra's like a big boy? But that's that's not an answer. Hydra's are going to have the same problem if you level up long enough. You got to level 25. Wait till you get to level 35. You didn't even get to experience that. It's level 35. Also knows Hydras. They're not doing it. Man wants to do the cha-cha all the time and not learn to salsa. Ability builds make the difference. Now, you're not listening to my criticism. That's that's a false summary of everything I just said. It, it, it It's not difficulty. There is no skill that I can learn to overcome it. It's a false sense of difficulty. Hey, you're level 20 now and things are dying slower all your abilities are less effective what's your answer to that what's what's the skill expression that's going to change that reality that mathematical reality what's your skill expression that's going to change that what is it what respec nope there's no, there's no skill expression there. You're just changing your ability. You're just going to go to meta building. Oh, well, this guy on Reddit says this is the best build when you're at level 20. That's not skill expression. Oh, grind for better gear at level 20. At level 20, I should be grinding for better gear. What? What? Wouldn't grinding for better gear bump me up to level 21 and then bump up the resistances and invalidate all the 20 gear that I've just gotten? You have any other you have any other brilliant ideas on how I'm supposed to overcome this with skill? Like what are you talking about? Like go grind for gear. Get a bunch of great level 20 gear. Right. The entire process by which I got that really good level 20 gear has pushed me to level 21. So now all that level 20 gear is going to be less effective because now the enemies are resisting me just a little bit more because now I'm level 21. The very act of trying to meet the pain point creates another pain point. It just kicks the can down the road. And who does that? Who who does that? Who grinds for better gear while you're leveling up? Hang on, everybody. Hang on. Guys, stop. I just hit level 20. We can't go to the next thing. I gotta grind for gear. They're like, what? This is an early game, baby. We're not grinding for gear. We're just playing. We're just going. We're just moving. Just, just equip whatever drops. Plus damage items with plus skills. Yeah, you can gear grind. No, because when you're level 20, most of your gear is level 10 average. <laughs> not me. 
Not me. I, I was I was level 20 and most of my gear was at my level. I was getting gear. I was getting gear that I couldn't even equip sometimes. Fuzzy says, I think they overtuned it a little bit too much because of this. And he's got a question here from their website. Are we going to see big multipliers on uniques in Diablo 4 similar to Diablo 3? No. Joe Shelley explained that they want to, quote, reduce the overall scaling multipliers and damage numbers in combat in Diablo 4. Their focus on implementing legendary powers is to create new builds or to have them change builds. The philosophy of reducing the overall scaling multiplier applies to legendaries, uniques, and also sets. Joe Shelley added that sets can be... They can be great for having a cohesive look and that they can be excellent for new players that don't want to create their own builds, but they can have negative effect of simplifying interesting builds that are available by taking up a lot of slots. So what they're worried about people having like God tier builds, that's their worry. you're level 20 and your weapon is level 10 it's going to stink yeah if you're level 20 using level 10 gear I, you're not paying attention I, I i wasn't i wasn't grinding at all i wasn't like going back and and rerouting to like really really hard activities to, to get better loot i always had better loot dropping the whole time in fact they had loot generosity turned turned up for the beta you were constantly getting better loot I was never using loot that was 11 levels below me. That's not true at all. I agree with we- with Wheezy. It's just giving everything more and more hit points. It reduces my options to whatever will produce the most damage the quickest. I can't get uh, I can't get away with anything else. Yeah, it's the classic it's the classic conundrum of Do you remember when Outriders did that? Outriders had one class that didn't have a bullet buffing ability and surprise surprise he was the least popular and nobody wanted to play with him you remember in destiny when it was always rampage outlaw why because that's the fastest way to keep your damage up time and when there's no mechanical need for you to do anything else there's no other function of your gun other than damage uptime it's rampage outlaw is all you need when you're constantly just increasing the enemy's damage resistance that's what you're going to be running into you're constantly going to be running into this feel and this need to be like well gotta increase damage well Got to, got to focus on damage. Got to focus on damage over time. DPS, 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 DPS. Who does this well? What game scales well? I'll be honest with you. I I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the whole point of this system is it was supposed to be the answer to what commonly known is the end game bullet sponge effect. Well, you're in the end game now, so everything's a bullet sponge. You're in the end game now. The only way we can really make things harder is they have tons more health and they output more damage. And you're like, okay, great. I, oh, okay. The, now it's happening in the game. Instead of happening in the end game, it's happening in the game itself. 
During the campaign, I just kept getting stronger and stronger. Oh, Wheezy saying last epoch. He says, I'm going to keep singing its praises. Literally all games have leveling systems like this. I 100% felt stronger and stronger with Druid versus the Barb. I felt weaker and weaker. Dwayne Foy says, hello, Reforge. What's good? How are you? How would you rate the division's level scaling? I don't know enough about it to talk about it. I couldn't comment. Is it really worth doing well? What problem is it actually solving? And why does it require dev bandwidth is my question. See, here's how I always envision doing it, right? This is how I always envision doing it. At level 5, I'm killing enemies with a, fir- a certain amount of speed and efficiency. And then at level 10, I'm killing them with the same amount of speed and efficiency. Why? Because I have more power at my disposal, my weapons are stronger, and so the enemy's health and the enemy's time to kill, how fast they die, is in sync with my power. So I feel stronger. Why? Well, I'm killing stronger enemies. I'm killing bigger enemies. I'm killing more enemies. Because the early areas are what? A couple of wolves are coming up to you. You get into the later areas and it's big giant demons the size of trees, right? And as long as that as long as that rhythm is maintained and I'm killing enemies with similar similar speed, then I feel stronger. Why? I'm overcoming greater obstacles and I'm not like falling flat on my face. And then when you get to the end game, typically what they do is they create mechanics, modifiers, and new pain points that you have to figure out how to meet. Once you meet that, then that's the new sense of strength. Oh, I'm min-maxing. Oh, I'm chasing best-in-slot gear. Oh, I'm increasing my damage output. Why? Well, because I need to. You, you can't do that in the game, in the, in, in the early game. That doesn't make any sense. It's, it's, it's logically out of order. It's not even a cart before the horse. It's a cart without any wheels. It's like, what are you doing? So, for example, in the last Epoch, Endgame, instead of only flat resistance, each node you hit in the web has different modifiers. New enemy modifiers. uh, High health enemies, increased damage, player modifiers. You get item rarity, more experience. You get different echo rewards. Alright, so next one. Enemies have 17 chances slow on hit. So, new enemy modifiers. Enemies have uh, 21% on all resistances. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. You get to the end game, and you create layers of modifiers and new things that the enemy is doing, and, and you have to go get power to meet and overcome that. So now you're... See, what you're doing is, is you have to have lateral strength growth in the end game. Why? Because you can't just keep leveling up for forever. That's why. You're level 100 now, okay? And the enemies are level 100. Well, how are you going to make it harder? Well, you can raise the enemy's health and damage, okay? How am I going to overcome that? Um, uh, uh, you can't because you can't level up anymore. No, so what you do is, is you go lateral. 
Okay, the enemies are at this strength, but now there's these abilities, there's these modifiers, there's these new things, mechanics, and you overcome those mechanics, those things, and those abilities by going and getting new gear types, new 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 legendary affixes, new things that so you're laterally going out. Oh. Well, so now the enemy can do these five things and they have these five modifiers. I'm going to meet those things by going over here and getting this loot. Cuz I I can't get any stronger like my raw strength has been capped. By adding scaling, they're reducing the gap between good players and bad players. It's a form of rubber banding to make sure bad players still make it through the campaign. Yeah, but I, they didn't say that's why they did it. Why make the game boring, though, from 1 to 100, says Paul. Brainless melting mobs because of your player level alone would get boring very fast. No, it wouldn't. And that's putting words in my mouth. I didn't say that we would be melting mobs mindlessly. I said that as I level up, I have my new abilities. I have a broader spectrum of power to pull from, and I'm killing more enemies, bigger enemies, stronger enemies. But I'm killing them at the same interval and speed. I'm not like flat tire smacking a tree for a hundred hits. I'm I'm killing the tree with a similar efficacy that I killed the wolves in the starting area. But the tree is bigger, it's stronger, it hits me for more damage. I feel stronger because I am and I'm overcoming stronger obstacles. I've said for a very long time, I could hand you a weapon in a game that one-shots everything. It does 9999999999 damage, right? It does infinite damage. And you're like, kapling dead, kapling dead, kapling dead. And I'm like, don't you feel strong? Well, 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 no. Well, technically, you're incredibly strong. Don't you feel strong? Well, well no, I'm not overcoming anything. I, I have no sense of power because there's no sense of threat. There's no sense of damage output. Everything's just dying before me. There has to be that give and take of big giant tree demon and I attack it with three or four of my attacks and then I use an ability and then it dies. And that's not that dissimilar from the early game where I'm like, here comes a wolf. Smack, 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 dead. Well, that's a more unidimensional attack approach. That's one attack that had a certain level of efficacy. You take that efficacy and you spread it out amongst multiple attack points, multiple ability points, so I'm still killing with efficiency, but I'm relying on my increased power to do it. If I walk up to that tree and I go, whack, 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 I don't get it. Whack, 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 why won't he die? Whack, 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 well, I'm playing like an idiot, but if I have all these new abilities that I've got, I'm like, I freeze him, I poison him, I stab him, light him on fire, and then he dies. That is me going whack, whack, whack. But I'm doing it with all of my increased power, all of my increased abilities. Yo! Rissick! Coming in with a monstrous, absolutely monstrous bomb Passes, passes 25 members and takes us to 41. He puts us on the doorstep of 50. That's the next goal. Gee, Christmas. I owe you guys five every 25, and we're already on the doorstep of 50. That is so generous, Rissick. 
Everybody that just got a membership, if you're a coffee drinker, my holiday blend has been marked down to $12.95, and you can get a buy two, get one free, but you have to get into our Discord and do that with your new membership. Rissick, so generous. Thank you very, very much. Like, does that make sense? Paul says, but the world would have different zones with mobs at different levels. Yes. Like, listen, I'm not going up to the tree demon and hitting it a couple of times with my primary attack. That's what I did to the wolves. I now have a tree demon, but now I have freeze and fire and stab and a trap or whatever the frick. And if I use all those abilities and the tree demon dies in an efficient, efficacious way, I feel stronger. Yeah, the holiday blend is down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was it was a lot more expensive before because it's, it's our it's our premium it's our premium blend like this is our most popular coffee. We just got it really late in the year, so we have a surplus. So it's like, hey, b- bank error in your favor. Go buy it for twelve ninety five. If you're a member, get in the Discord and and scroll down and get that bogo. Get the buy two get one free deal. I remember a long time ago, SkillUp basically said that a content loop doesn't really change. And I remember when he said that, it like a light bulb went off in my mind. The content loop doesn't really change. It merely expands and evolves. The way that you're killing enemies in the first hour is generally the way that you're killing enemies in your 1,000th hour. It just has expanded and evolved. So instead of smacking a group of wolves... Smack, 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 dead. Smack, 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 dead. Yeah, that feels awesome. You're not doing that. You're doing ability, 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 dead. Ability, 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 ability. Buff, debuff, dead. Woo, yeah. You're doing the same thing. It's just instead of whack, 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 it's whack, 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 boom, whack. Like you're you're tying it all together, but you're doing the same thing. That's why everything is subservient to the content loop. If you disrupt the content loop, you die. The game will die. No one will play a game where the content loop is unenjoyable as a sheer nature of it, how it's created, how it's built. No one's playing a game like this for long periods of time and is going to enjoy this resistance system. They're just not going to. I, I, I promise you. I promise you. We're talking about an hour after you get freeze, you still want the new ones to die, even though new spells exist with level. No, you're you're not engaging with what I'm saying. You're getting you're drilling down into the minutia of something specific, and you're misunderstanding my point. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that how effective freeze is in the first hour. I get it. It should just be just as effective in hour twenty. No, because in hour twenty, I have a bunch of more abilities to use in conjunction with it. That, that's the problem is all of those abilities don't matter if the enemies just keep resisting me if the scale of resistance is just going like that I get weaker and weaker and weaker and here's the real problem level 15 let's say you unlock a brand new ability yes it feels pretty good and then level 16, 17, and 18 you can make the ability stronger or you can augment it. Making the ability stronger is typically by like one or two damage points 
and the augment is usually something like an increased chance to crit or something. Guess what that doesn't do? That doesn't make that ability match the resistances of the enemies. The ability fall behind the ability falls behind almost instantly. Almost instantly. Oh, I can spend my skill point. I can make this ability stronger. What do I get? And one more damage point. Instead of doing 12 damage, it'll do 13 or 14. Like one or two damage points. Okay. That's not going to match the sudden rise in resistance from the enemies. I think most players complaining about the leveling issues do like how ability combos lose synergy uh, synergies as you level up and they become less effective. That's quite literally what I'm talking about. Or you can alter your strategy and not limit yourself or play a different character or co-op. <laughs> that's the answer. Yeah. That's the answer. The re- th- that's the answer. The resistance system is perfect. It's my fault. That's right. That's right. I should have respect. Uh, I should have switched characters. Guys, when you get to level 17, you start feeling weak. You know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to switch characters. You just have a bunch of level 17 characters. Or, or or crutch it up and lean on co-op. Yeah, I can't do I can't play by myself. I can't I can't kill efficiently. You're not entering the landscape of the discussion. You always take the upgrades in the skill you use. Kinda wasn't a choice in my opinion, since you want those changes to your skills since those scale way faster than the damage of five to ten percent. Nobody said that. Don't throw shade to a response giving you alternative options. I don't need options. I need the system to work better. And your options are terrible. My, my options are try a different strategy. Okay. So my skills and my abilities were working great. They intrinsically created a resistance system so that I actually get weaker the more that I play. I should try a different strategy. What strategy is that? What strategy can overcome this problem? Try a different character? What, so throw a character over my shoulder every time I reach a point where I feel like they're less effective because of the intrinsic damage scaling that they put into the game? Damage resistance scaling, I'm sorry? Or play co-op? That, that's, that's not an answer either. I'm here for a discussion, not to get crapped on for trying to enter the discussion. Okay, you're on the internet, so you might want to, you know, spend some skill point into your resistances to just slight pushback. I didn't call you a name. I didn't insult you. I didn't even swear at you. I was dismissive because those aren't good answers. Like, go go, go to your skill tree and, and spend some points on resistance. Like, I just pushed back and was like, those aren't answers. Like, the internet's the Wild West, brother. Like, you got a light cuffing. Like, oh, oh. Not knocking the criticism, just trying to understand. I think lots of games negate certain builds at level caps. But it's not negating my build at a level cap. It's an intrinsic system that makes me weaker. Like, you see what I'm saying? It's intrinsic, it's baked into the crust. Yo, nobody, ah, nobody takes us to 46 members on the day. Five gifted members. It goes to Lauren Harris. Lauren's been engaging in the debate. Very, very fun back and forth all this time. So has iSlick, Zach Stovey, Necronzi, and just take a chance. You guys are now members. 
I've got resistance to plenty. I was hoping for a mature discussion. You seem incapable. Now you're projecting immaturity and I guess maybe emotional instability on you because I rejected your suggestions. It's just a passive form of swipe because you don't have a comeback, I guess. Somebody else ordered some coffee. Lawson grabbed two bags of Frickmas and got a free one. There you go. Thank you so much, Lawson, for grabbing some coffee. Listen, listen. I'm having a mature discussion. I'm talking about an intrinsic system where the resistances make you feel weaker as you play and your answer was this platitudinous change your strategy or switch characters or play with somebody else. Okay, you're not even entering the discussion and you're upset that I was dismissive of your answers. Like, that's not even entering into the discussion that we're having. What's that? Instead of going with a scaling health and damage system, they went with a resistance scaling system where you intrinsically feel weaker the longer that you play and somebody weaker than you is stronger than you while you're fighting enemies at level and they're beneath their level? Wow, why don't you just try a different strategy or switch characters or play co-op? Those aren't answers. I played co-op, actually. And one of the things I said earlier, this isn't your fault, you might have missed this, but one of the things I said earlier was, I was a level 21... And I was fighting level 21 enemies, and my wife was a level 11. And because they're not doing as much damage resistance to her, she's melting them. She's melting them as a rogue, just just shooting them. I felt like I had Arnold Schwarzenegger running behind me. What's going on? It was because of the resistance system. She hasn't hit there. She hasn't hit 21 yet. So the enemies aren't. They're barely resisting her. She's just mowing them down. So what, you always sandbag co-op then? Just always bring somebody along who's 10 levels beneath you and they'll kill everything really fast? Dwayne hitting three months as a member getting gifted. Thanks for the gift. I'm replaying a game I haven't played in a while called Hellblade. It's one of the greatest games ever made. How dare a game become more challenging as you get further into it? reach above platitudinous nonsense that's that that, it's not again that has nothing to do with what i'm saying when i get into the end game it's sensible that the game gets harder with what modifiers sigils increased enemy you know abilities and damage output and health and now what do i do well now that i'm in the end game i go grind for best in slot gear i min max right maybe i tweak my paragon board when you go from level like 17 to level 25, that that's not when the game should be noticeably getting harder and requiring like min-maxing or loot grinding. That's nonsensical. No, Lono, you avoid the mobs that are resistant to you. That's not how the game works. It is an intrinsic resistance system. There aren't specific mobs that are resistant to you. The enemy's resistance goes up the more you level up. Understand the system before you defend it, please. It's it's there aren't particular mobs that resist me. That that's not how it works. Like, oh, I'll just avoid those mobs. What do you mean avoid those mobs? Even if that even if that's how it works, what do you mean? I'm in a dungeon, gotta run around them. Your level 11 wife's killing enemies above her level that you at their level are struggling against, but it just got harder as you level up. Right, like just get good, just strategize, just get better, just play different? What do you mean? Endgame equals bring a noob friend to the dungeon, force marketing genius. (laughs) Yeah. 
Rogue's overpowered anyway. <sighs> you better players have an advantage in this damage resistance paradigm. If not, that's not skill-based difficulty. Listen, I love my wife, and I love playing games with my wife. And you guys like to tease me and talk as if she's better than me at the video games, like Elden Ring and stuff, right? I beat Elden Ring, and I got all the way to the Fire Giant, and I know summons run through, right? I played that game up one side, down the other. And, you know, she was trying to beat a dungeon boss and couldn't do it. You guys like to tease me, okay? The reality is, when I'm playing Diablo with her, that's my wife. Which one's right trigger? Like, sh- to this day, she doesn't know what's trigger in a bumper. It's like, come on, babe. Hit right trigger. Which one's right trigger? I'm triggered! So, when we're playing Diablo, I'm the better player. Not shade, that's not me being, you know, unkind. I'm the better player. And it didn't make a difference. It didn't matter. I respect multiple times. I changed my strategy multiple times. Now, some of that was because the druid sucks. But even when I was playing as the sorcerer, I felt the same thing. It was like, it doesn't matter what I do. My efficacy is is on a downward trajectory. Why? Because I'm leveling up. What? In my experience with games like this, the more you level up and the stronger you get and the more diverse your abilities get, the the faster you tend to kill stuff, the, the, the quicker you tend to be in the game. That's one of the things that makes it enjoyable. I'm teasing. Whoever said the game is supposed to get harder as you level up in response to saying a low-level character is mowing down low-level, uh, oh, high-level enemies. Right, like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work properly. Even if they did resist you, some dungeons need to kill all enemies. Right, right. You've got to kill all of them. You don't really have a choice. That's exactly right. <clears throat> I did one respec about halfway through the game, and it was cake. Who were you playing with, though? Because both the Barbarian and the Druid, this problem was magnified. I will admit that. I will admit I played a lot in the Barbarian, and I played a lot in the Druid, and it was magnified. I did have the most fun with my Sorcerer, but I did notice the game rhythm changing very, very quickly, and I only got to, like, level 14 as a Sorcerer. You played a Sorcerer. Right. Well, a Sorcerer is, like, one of the stronger, one of the stronger classes in the game. Maybe they're justifying it because Lilith is is walking uh, sanctuary more and more, and Hell is corrupting things. No, that that's just story, and that gives reason for the um for the Hell tides and stuff. That gives you know they've got good reason for the for the Hell tides. Like that's that's part of something that um that they that you know that they've built. Hang on, you know that that that's part of the world. That that's part of the story. They're 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 going for something that is is meant to be, you know. A, it's a story element, you know, game feels harder, game feels, you know, stronger, you know, things are happening all across the world. When I'm just leveling up in the game, it, it just, it, it truly doesn't make any sense to be like, hey, welcome on in, um, everything's harder now because you leveled up. It's like, what? Like, why? I don't understand. 
it it naturally games like this do get harder the more you play that's never been my uh my problem with it right uh ai difficulty gushing here that's what we should. That's good. Um, we'll set that for twelve forty-five. I don't like the scaling either. Uh. But how can you have that and being able to play, to go and act and play any person any time? No, 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 no. Like, I think that's what people might be misunderstanding. And it, this is possibly my fault. Maybe I'm not making my case uh, as clearly as I should. I don't have a problem with the game getting harder as I level. Like, I don't expect to hit level 10 and be like, one hit, one hit, one hit, yeah, one hit. Like, I'm not asking for that. That's not what I'm asking for. Here, here, let me say it another way. In, in my estimation, they have overtuned the resistance because instead of it feeling like the game is sort of on pace with me, I feel like the game is outpacing me very early on, which I believe is an unenjoyable experience, right? It's an unenjoyable experience to feel like, wow, this game has already outpaced me. This game is already sort of leaving me in its dust. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like, oh man, the game should be easy because I hit level 10. Oh man, this game should be a joke now because I hit level 10. How dare they? How dare they make these enemies stronger? No, that's not what I'm saying. Naturally, you have to have a curve of strength increase and, and, and ability increase you have to have that right you need that but I don't think it's working well right now I feel like it's been overtuned. that's my feedback from the beta we need four more members to hit 50 you guys want to do this quickly we've got a video coming today continuing our series about AI and gaming I talk about difficulty adaptive difficulty machine learning that will adapt difficulty to your skills and abilities it's actually already in games right now and I talk about where I think it's going I'm going to debrief and discuss that video with members only so it's a great time to become a member those of you watching on the tickety talk you should go to my profile and head over to my youtube channel because you won't be able to watch the video there same with those of you watching on kick In my opinion, I never felt that way until I fought the world boss in the beta. Here's the thing. I don't expect you to affirm that it felt the exact same way to you. Plenty of people have brought up this criticism. Plenty of people have said this is how they experienced the game. Basically, you're saying if level 9 is fine, level 10, it shouldn't be a brick wall. It should feel like... Have you ever played a game that as you got new abilities, you encountered bosses where those in those abilities had very clear contextual power, right? 
I remember playing a game once and I said, man, it'd be awesome if I could just dodge in the air. It was like a platformer game where you got iframes when you did like a dash. And I was like, oh, it'd be so awesome if I could dash in the air because I was encountering enemies that that would have been very useful against. Well, as I played, suddenly I could dash in the air. And then all of a sudden I was in a boss room where there were lots of platforms, lots of points of damage that could get me, and I was dashing in the air to avoid it all. Have you ever played a game like that? It makes sense. It's like, here's a screwdriver. This is nice. What am I going to do with this? Oh, just wait. And then all of a sudden you go into a room. There's a bunch of screws in the wall that you got to go over and use a screwdriver on. It's It has that element of you've been given more and now it's got a sense and a place and a context where it can flourish. It, it, it didn't feel like that in Diablo. It felt like, well, I'm stronger now. I've, I've got this new ability. I've got this new power. And the game's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Sure you do, buddy. You're adorable. Sure you do. They, they were just continuing to resist me. So it felt like my new abilities weren't that exciting. That was the issue. Guys, you got five minutes to get four members. It'd be awesome if we could get four brand new members without them being gifted. If you're on YouTube and you've been enjoying today's show and you listen to me all the time, consider doing it. Click the dollar sign at the bottom of the chat or click join and then I will owe you 10 members. I will do them in the AI premiere. Then I'm gonna, then we're going to discuss it. Uh, we're going to debrief with, uh, with the members after the Diablo video. So I'm actually going to go ahead and just shut down the tickety talk. So go to my profile, it'll take you to my YouTube channel, there's a link to my YouTube channel, come to my YouTube channel, watch my brand new video about AI and gaming, it's going live in a few minutes, and then I'm going to discuss it with members. When you get to my YouTube channel, you can become a member just by clicking join, alright? So you guys over on the Tickety Talk, come on over, I'd love to see you. And, uh, that only starts at level 20. What only starts at level 20? Basically impossible unless there's dragon killing event. Dragons in ESO are so hard. Oh, you're talking about a different game. What about programming weaknesses in certain higher level abilities as the enemy's level? It's simple, Ono. Some people don't get that a lower level is stronger than you. That's what I'm saying. You guys watching over on Kick, head over to the YouTube channel. Go to my profile on Kick and head over to the YouTube channel so that way you can watch. Too much work to make enemies actually have new skills or more complex AI behavior as they level. I know, let's just make them increasingly resistant to abilities. That's easy coding. Well, and that's the thing. Like, up to now, up to now, they typically have just raised their health and their damage output. And for the longest time, that kind of worked. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I don't understand. Like, they wanted to go with this instead because they feel like it's going to be, like, some kind of a better system or something. You got three minutes, and we're heading to this AI in gaming series. I'd really appreciate it if you guys would really watch these AI in gaming videos, man. They are, uh... We're, we're putting a lot of work into this series, and uh, it'd be really cool if we saw the sub base 
react a little bit stronger to it and uh, for whatever reason it hasn't happened yet so hopefully one of the videos tickles your fancy and you start watching the whole series we've got uh, this is our third video in the series series today it's about uh, a uh, difficulty adaptive difficulty I think chapter 8's dead on. It's a simpler solution. I'm actually okay with their solution if it's not so overtuned. It's 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 so overtuned. Hey, getting us across the finish line right at the buzzer. My man UK Gamer coming in. 51 members on the day. I owe you 10 now. I will gift them in this premiere, which we're going to head to it like right now. I'm going to spam a link in chat. If redirect typically doesn't work for you, please use the link in chat. We will then debrief with members after this video. If you want to discuss this AI stuff with me, then you want to be a member. If you are a member, get into the Discord so you can take advantage of the big coffee discount. All right? Thanks for a great day. Thanks for so much support. Make sure you smash the like button on the way out. Be sure to come back to these live streams later and leave comments if you really enjoyed them. That does help out the video. And head over to the new video about AI and gaming, what's it going to do to difficulty? It's about to get crazy, at least that's what I think. Head over to that video, and don't forget, on those videos, when we go watch them, smash the like button as soon as you get over there. All right? I'll see you guys over there. I'll be in the chat.